Welcome to Just Curious Media, and this is Let's Talk Cobra Kai. I'm your host, Jason Connell, documentary filmmaker, churn podcaster, joined by Sal Rodriguez. Sure. Comedian, writer, actor. You name it. I brought Sal on. I've known him for years to help me tackle this show that I've recently fallen in love with, Cobra Kai. And rather than start with the first episode, we wanted to go back to where Cobra Kai was born. Was it the original 1984, The Karate Kid? A classic. By the way, you, where did this obsession with Cobra Kai start? I mean, do you have a karate background yourself? I do, actually. Wow. I trained Taekwondo growing uh-huh. up. And even in L.A., I was training Hapkido for a while, which is okay. the Korean I didn't know this. martial arts. I love it. It's like the evil empire. You're always drawn to the dark side, right? Yeah. There's something so cool about the Cobra Kai. So you wanted to be a Cobra Kai even over a karate kid? Well, watching the movie, I hated Cobra Kai. Yeah. I feared them. I was young. But over time, Cobra Kai just like, you know... It just looks so cool and menacing. And, and actually, my hair, truth be told, it was very Johnny-esque. And on two different Halloweens, I have dressed up as Cobra Kai. Yeah. No, when I first met Jason Connell, he had the Johnny hairstyle. Yeah. You it's did. true. Yeah. I had it just recently, but I go in and out. I found a Cobra Kai shirt ripped off the sleeves, black shirt, huge Cobra Kai on the front. It had the, what is their slogan? Strike first. Strike first, strike hard, no no mercy, mercy. sir. I added the sir. So I had that on the back of the shirt, and I went to these events, and people (laughs) were like, sweep the leg, Johnny. And and then at one, at LACMA, they said, oh, there's a Danielson running around here. Wow. And so we had a photo op together. Really? Yeah, it was great. Did he do the crane? No, but I would have seen that coming. Yeah. And then you would have swept the leg. (laughs) I would have swept that leg. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's cool to know that about you. So seeing as how you did martial arts and you play soccer, I would be aware of your kicks. Good kicks. Yeah. Stay clear. Well, what about you? Well, I've just been a fan of mixed martial arts for many years, and that has segued into I've taken boxing coaching, I've taken Muay Thai coaching, private coaching, but I am just an overall fan of mixed martial arts. So mixed martial arts has then got me to appreciate the individual disciplines, like karate. Yeah. And I know speaking of Karate Kid, I mean, definitely speaking of UFC, the Karate Kid, I'm sure, influenced GSP, George St. Pierre, one of the greatest mixed martial arts ever who was a former student who was bullied, who then went into karate, and then became one of the greatest UFC champions ever. You can create a lot of parallels with the Karate Kid into how they manifested in real life. Absolutely. Well, back to this movie. So, came out in 1984. This is the 35th anniversary. Kind of hard to believe. And guess what the budget was? Any idea? I'm going to guess around $5 million? That's a pretty good guess. It was $8 million. Wow. Not a lot of big names. I mean, you got yeah. this young cast, yeah. right? And Pat Morita wasn't a household name. What did Ralph Macchio do prior to this? So he was in Up the Academy. It was like this cheesy little movie. And then he was in a ton of episodes of Eight is Enough. Wait, was Outsiders before or after Karate Kid? It's right before. Okay, so he, this is coming right off Outsiders. Yeah, he was in The Outsiders, which was, of all things, filmed in my hometown, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I didn't know that. That's Francis neat. Ford Coppola came to town. It wow. was written by S.E. Hinton, who was a Tolson. So I'm like 11, 12 years old, and here comes Coppola and company. And all you really knew at the time was Matt Dillon. Yeah. And you look back now, and it's like, oh my gosh, you got Emilio Estevez, Tom Cruise, Patrick Swayze, Rob Lowe, Diane Lane. It's loaded, but you don't know all of sure. them. Sure. They were all, that was a springboard for many of them. So they were not household names by any means. And so Machio, yes. Yeah, so seeing him in that, that's what got him this role. Karate Kid. So guess what it grossed? U.S. gross. Okay, U.S. gross. Let's see, budget of $8 million, uh, $50 million. Almost $91 million. Wow. 
So who knows what it is worldwide? These are just numbers from IMDb. So no wonder they spawn so many sequels, shows, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Who got rich? Weintraub? <laughs> Jerry Weintraub definitely he got, got rich. rich. Oh, for sure. There's an uh, old thing I heard. It's like when they were talking about how much Tom Cruise earned and for Mission Impossible or whatever, you know, bragging about how big his checks were. But then somebody said, well, there was always some producer who, who signed the check to Tom Cruise who was making more money than Tom Cruise. Oh, for sure. Yes. So it still gets 88% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.2 on IMDb. So I hadn't seen the film in a while. And to start it, did you realize that they were in like New Jersey in the beginning of this movie? No. I, I forgot that part. I forgot all of that. You know what? When I originally saw it, I might have come into the movie theater late. And I might have missed <laughs> You that. never knew it. No, I don't remember that at all. And then there's this surprised. road trip from New Jersey yeah. to Los Angeles. Yes. And it's a whole opening credits montage yeah. that I totally was lost on me. But I expected to see all the states, but they go from New Jersey, and the next thing you know, and I recognized it because I've been there many times, they're in Sedona, Arizona. So they went from New Jersey to Sedona, Arizona. Without getting gas. (laughs) But I'm thinking, what? Where did they stop in between? All of a sudden, they're in Sedona, then they're in California. Well, they only had $8 million. (laughs) You can only do this in so (laughs) many states. They couldn't really go there. And they jump-started the car. A lot of people don't know that you can do that. Pop the clutch, man. Pop the clutch. A friend of mine, his motorcycle wouldn't start. I was like, let's push it, man. And we pushed it and we started up his motorcycle. But it was interesting to see them start up the car that way. And they traveled cross-country, jump-starting this car. That's crazy. A lot of foreshadowing there. I learned how to drive on a standard. And I learned how to get it out of first on a big hill. So there was times popping the clutch was standard procedure. Yeah, that's tough, though, because I've tried clutch. I've tried it. I know how to do it. I know what to do. But I'm really bad at it. I stall in first. It's just bad. I'm better on automatic. I wish my car was standard. So anyway, they're on the long road trip, and then they wind up in, of all places, Reseda. Yeah. Why not? You know, at the Seven Seas, which I will say, I went there three weeks ago just to see if it was still standing. Looks exactly the same. You know what? I'm really surprised to hear that because for those of you unfamiliar with what's going on in the area, present day, Los Angeles, and the San Fernando Valley being a suburb, I would almost call a former suburb. It's now becoming more urban. I'm surprised that that building is still standing. Yeah. Because there's a lot of demolition going on. They demoed Marilyn Monroe's old house in North Hollywood over here not too long ago. Why would they care about Karate Kid apartment building? I'm so surprised and pleasantly surprised that it's still standing today. And you can drive over there and see it today. It's all that patchwork that Miyagi did back in the day. <laughs> he did. He was, he was good. He was good with his hands. So I even went up to the gate. It was pretty funny. And now it's see-through. So it's not that wooden gate that Daniel could not see through. And there's the pool, there's the waterfall. I didn't go in to look at apartment 20. By the way, that apartment complex is on Satakoy near Tampa. That's, that's exactly right. So we start off, Daniel is so against moving and he's just got this bad attitude. His mother is so upbeat and excited to move. Some computer company has brought her west. She's got a downright positive attitude. Super positive. And yeah. he's a little grumpy. Honestly, I'm not liking him so no, much yeah, in the beginning. Not a little grumpy. He is really pissed. Yeah, I'm just not into his character. You're lukewarm about him. Yeah, I'm like, look at this ungrateful kid, his devoted mother bringing him along in a cross-country road trip. My mother never took me on a road trip. A single mother at that. Yeah. And she's got a job for them, and she relocated. So his first encounter with someone else his own age, he kicks mm-hmm. open the door yeah. to the seven seas and knocks over Freddy, yeah. who befriends him immediately and yeah. seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, he seems like a legitimate kid that wants to have a new friend and happy to welcome him to the building. Invites him to a cookout the next day. So immediately he's got something in his day planner. I'm starting to figure out what day it is. So I'm figuring if they had a beach party and then they had school the next day. So that means it must have been a Sunday. They arrived on a Saturday. 
they arrive on a Saturday, yep. go to the beach party on a Sunday, yep. then have school on Monday. And it wasn't just school, it was first day of school. Okay. Yeah, so this is actually a, a very interesting time in the school year as well. Yep. Not only in Danielson's life. So we, we meet Freddie, he invites him, and on the way up to in apartment 20, they pass this old lady with a dog. Now, do you recognize that old lady at all? No, I didn't recognize her. She was Happy Gilmore's grandmother. Oh, and then Happy, Happy Gilmore. Okay. And she was in a bunch of episodes of Seinfeld. Anyway, small bit, but I thought I knew she looked familiar. Okay, when Danielson brought the water for the dog yes. is when he started to redeem himself to me. That's right. I yes. thought, okay, well, he's kind of thoughtful. Yeah, well, it's a long road nice. trip. He was grumpy. His mom wouldn't stop. Yeah. So maybe that was part of but it. But I thought it was a nice gesture. Yeah, it was. A kind gesture. And that's when I started to think, okay, maybe this Daniel son is not such a bad kid after all. We then meet Mr. Miyagi, and he's trying to catch flies with chopsticks. A little foreshadowing. Is that what he's doing in the beginning? The first time Daniel sees him, he sees that's him what he's doing. Okay. Oh, he's not catching. <laughs> no, he's but, trying. But he's trying. Yes. Did you ever try to catch flies with chopsticks after this? I've never tried to catch flies with chopsticks, but I have tried to trap flies because I do a catch and release system. Yes, with, that's right. With, I remember this about with you. With critters, yeah. yeah. So I have tried to capture flies to then release them outside, but I've never tried with chopsticks. Never tried that. Yeah, because you probably crush them. I would imagine that if you did catch a fly with a chopstick, you would indeed end its life. You know what I got good at with my cousin? We caught flies in our hands. Yeah. The old scoop technique. Yes. And I got really good at that. And then what'd you do with it? I let him go. Oh, you let him go. We would tell each other, catch him, hold him for three seconds, open your hands. He'll fly away, but he'll come back because he's <laughs> been in your hall. And sometimes that happened. Really? Yeah, we thought we were like uh, kung fu masters. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty cool. No, that was a precursor to catching it with the chopsticks. Well, have you ever caught flies with chopsticks then? Never tried. Never tried. Well, you know what? There's a sushi place right across the street. They have flies? <laughs> Hopefully not, <laughs> but they definitely have chopsticks. <laughs> okay. And I'm actually curious now to see if that is indeed possible. I wonder, did they just create that concept for the movie, or is that actually some old samurai concept? If and when we get Ralph Macchio on, it's a good question for him. Yeah. I like that. Because I'd like to know that too. Like, where did that come from? Is that in the script? What if, like, the fly with chopstick was just improv for the day and they decided to keep it? So impractical, too. Like... Really? You're going to catch that fly with the chopstick? But hey. So he meets Pat Morita. Now, Pat Morita, might as well talk about him for a second, came from Sanford and Son. You know, that's kind of, would you say Red Fox discovered him? Red Fox discovered Pat Morita through stand-up comedy. Yes. Okay. He saw him doing stand-up comedy. I don't know where, I guess Los Angeles, and then had him come on Sanford and Son. So I believe that's where he got his television start was, what was the character's name? Achu. Achu. What a name. You'd never get away with that today. No. So Achu, played by Pat Morita, had his television debut, Sanford and Son, discovered by Red Fox. A really good, interesting bit of trivia. And then, of course, Happy Days, which yeah. I really remember him from, is Arnold. Okay, so that's when I personally first learned about Pat Morita was on Happy Days. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Jerry Weintraub, the producer, did not initially want Pat Morita for the role. No, because he thought that he would make the role too comical. Because, see, prior to The Karate Kid, Pat Morita was known as a comedian. Stand-up comedian, then comedic actor. So then all of a sudden, they want to introduce him to this movie as playing some karate sensei. And Jerry Wontrov was like, uh, no, he's a comedian. And he basically, I think, had to audition and prove himself. And then Weintraub was impressed by his performance. And then what happened? Well, let me just give a little more. Please. What happened was, so Pat Morita patterned the role of Mr. Miyagi after sensei Fumio Demura. And they've made a documentary about him. 
in 2017 called The Real Mr. Miyagi. So Pat Morita patterned Mr. Miyagi after Fumio Demura, a very famous Japanese karate martial artist. And so, to prove he really deserved the part, Mr. Miyagi goes on, gets nominated for a Golden Globe. And an Oscar. Nominated for an Oscar. Doesn't win either, but... But what do you think when you're in a position... Amazing. When you're in a position like Weintraub's, you're like, I didn't want this guy at first, and now he's nominated for an Oscar and a Golden Globe. Does that do anything to you, I wonder? Does that have you question, question your movie knowledge? I think you quickly say, I signed off on that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you take the credit. You spin it around. Yes, spin it. Look what I put in motion. All right, so that's Pat Morita. We've got a little bit of him. So now back on point. Daniel's at the beach, hanging out with Freddie, hanging out with the guys, playing soccer, which is cool to see. I'm a big soccer guy. And there's the first time we see a young Elizabeth Shue. It's yeah. Allie, the love interest. Yes. And who would go on after this to be in you know movies like Cocktail, Back to the Future 2 and 3, Adventures in Babysitting, Leaving Las Vegas. She's had a really great... Of all the people from Karate Kid, she's probably had one of the best careers. Does she do bikini work in all of her films, or was it just in the Karate Kid? Well, there is a swimsuit in Cocktail. Really? Yeah. Okay. Note to self, watch Cocktail. Not Back to the Future's there. (laughs) I don't think so. Not Back to the Future 2 or 3, or Adventures in Babysitting. Although Leaving Las Vegas, pretty gritty. It's a great movie, but it's a dark Mike Vegas film, and there's a side to her that's... uh, not the usual Elizabeth Shue. Interesting. Yeah, because her role is very wholesome, right? Very much. Wholesome, this whole movie is encouraging, wholesome. supporting. Yes. Just wanted to be done with Johnny. Right. And yet, Which is kind of shocking that she was with Johnny. You know, I know that's like, it's over. And we don't see it happen on camera, but she was really with him. Well, you she know what? ran with the Cobra Kai's. You know what's funny is if they redid this movie today, I guess they did like with the Karate Kid, but let's forget about that for a second. They would have some sort of prequel. So in the prequel we would get to see Allie and Johnny dating. We all have seen the jerk date the nice person. That's true. So it, it makes total sense that this sweet girl dated this jerk. That's true. And then eventually does try to break up with him. And we've seen him away from the Cobra Kai's at the country club, for instance, and he fits in that society very well. And the parents so, liked him. And the parents liked him. So they're, yes. they probably like the parents, they're yes. his parents. And so they probably, probably do, another do side to him. to him. And he probably got darker in Cobra Kai. Maybe that's why she broke up with him. A little bit of background on Johnny's character, or rather, should I say, the actor portraying Johnny, how he approached the role, was that he imagined... William Zapka? William Zapka. William Zapka imagined that his sensei, when he did some research into how he wanted to portray the role, the sensei was the only father figure he's ever known. So that was sort of an attachment he had to the sensei to the point where he's willing then later... John Kreese, yes. Yes, later to do whatever he says. That's true, because we don't meet Johnny's dad in Karate Kid. We don't know anything about his family, really. I've actually seen Cobra Kai. We're saving that for the podcast. We get into that. You do delve deep into Johnny's background with his parents. So it is almost a prequel in a way. Yes. It's kind of like Lost. You go back and forth and learn about the character. So we're back on the beach... I guess we never left. And here comes the Cobra Kai riding dirt bikes on the beach, no helmets, looking, <laughs> looking like rock stars. They didn't have helmet law then. They didn't have helmet law. So they come rolling up and immediately chaos ensues. This is where some people talk about how Danielson is actually the bully. Yes. And there are all these, you can check online, there's all kinds of information about how people theorizing that it's actually Daniel's son, 
child psychologist, sociologist. Daniel was more of the bully and instigator than Johnny. This is due to the scenes involving Daniel, quote unquote, standing up for himself, in fact, being acts of retaliation against something Johnny has perceived to have done to Ali. So some people are downright say that Daniel's son was the bully. I wouldn't go so far to say that, but I also wouldn't call Danielson innocent. Okay. I think he definitely helps fuel the fire. He's got that, you know, he's from he's from the East Coast. He has a short fuse. Daniel obviously does. He's going to stand up for himself. He stands up for himself. He goes over to an obviously bad situation with guys who look tough. Yeah. And his buddies who he's barely buddies with. And quick, don't look tough. Quickly fade away. <laughs> and he's all by himself. And I'll give him credit. He didn't back down. Yeah. He also, when he got pushed down. Yep. He threw that stereo aside and got up ready to fight. And then punched him. Not sucker punch, but got a good hit on Johnny, made his mouth bleed. And then Johnny, of course, puts him down on the, on the sand. So when that happens, the guy, Freddy, who brings him to the beach, quickly disowns Daniel. He knows that he would not be getting any karate lessons as he had hoped for. Daniel lives in Reseda. This happened in where? Malibu? It was actually at Leo Carrillo State Beach, actually a place that I visit quite often. So, what is that, 20 miles? It's a little bit north of Malibu, I believe. Exactly. So, Daniel has no ride home. This is pre-Uber, <laughs> pre-Lyft. <laughs> there was no bus. At that time, there was RTD, not Metro. There was no RTD. Yeah, it's Sunday night, dude. He's got yeah. school the next day. Yes. Freddie leaves, and you know, Daniel, his pride kicks in, and he shoves away Allie. Like, get away. I'm fine. I'll be yeah. fine. And so, you know, you have no idea how he gets home, but he doesn't have any money. So, that happens. So, how does he get home? His yeah. friends left him. Yeah. Allie's not... Wait, did Allie take him home? No, she, he told her to leave. Okay, so yeah, how did he get home? Maybe he walked. Walked to a payphone, called... It, no, because he kept the whole thing a secret from his mother. The next day he wakes up, he's wearing shades. First day of school. Mm, okay. So what, anyway... What do you call that? That's not called a blooper. What is that called? A glitch? I don't know. Unanswered question. Yeah, skipping ahead. They can't type every loose end. Yeah, okay. There you go. So a little bit before we go on, a little bit about William Zaka, the Johnny Lawrence, the head Cobra Kai... He was in a few other movies, and some I really liked. Uh, just one of the guys, okay, National Lampoon's European Vacation, great movie. Griswolds, he was dating uh, the Griswold daughter. And, and oh, not, he wasn't yeah. nice in that, but he also kind of, he had a little bit of that aura about him. And definitely in the Rodney Dangerfield movie, Back to School, he, it's almost like he plays a character named Chaz, but he's really almost playing Johnny in college. He was a real jerk in that movie. He's a swimmer, he's a diver. Much like Rodney Dangerfield's yes, son. Yeah. And he was a super jerk to him. He was in a frat. So uh, he really nailed that like cocky, blonde, all-American persona. I totally forgot about that. But after the movie, having had no martial arts experience prior to the film, he went on to uh, become a, I think it was a second degree, I think they called it a second degree green belt. Okay. I don't know the belts. Yeah. He started advancing in karate after this movie, but prior to all that, he was actually an accomplished wrestler, maybe a high school wrestler or college wrestler. And to this day, he still owns the red leather jacket that he wore in the film. Still owns that today. It's a great looking jacket. Does he have it in Cobra Kai? He does. Okay. So that's his own personal prop. That's a great jacket. Yes. A little Michael Jackson. I also was going to say that when they look down, Daniel, and maybe this is not important or not, but more soccer, Daniel Ralph Macchio is a pretty good juggler of the soccer ball. Yeah, I noticed and that. And you know, he's using his knees a lot, and he was teaching Ali how to do it. Yeah. I guess when I saw this movie, I was inundated in soccer, and seeing it was just natural. And now, this many years later, there's like 20 soccer scenes in this movie. 
which I yes. and I no, guess soccer they go on the field. Big. They go on the field. There's two different practices. But no, we'll no, get... you know what? I got to tell you. Okay, so I grew up in the San Fernando Valley where this movie is set. Right. Soccer was not a big thing. That was actually for hmm. for the movie. It's like they the movie made it a bigger thing. Growing up in the San Fernando Valley, attending all LAUSD schools in the San Fernando Valley, soccer was not a big thing. Wow, that's interesting. So the movie made it a big thing. And now look where we are today. Soccer has become a bigger thing. Yeah. So it all goes back to Karate Kid. Karate Kid started the trend of Thank soccer. Thank you, Karate Kid. <laughs> and I was also going to point out, one of the Cobra Kai's has a famous father. Yeah, well, one of the Cobra Kai's who plays Dutch, named Chad McQueen, son of Steve McQueen. He actually studied martial arts from Chuck Norris. Yeah, you know, he's got some moves. Yeah, when they get to the tournament, much later, the All-Valley Tournament, of anybody, he looks the most legitimate uh, of the Cobra Kais. They have other people in the tournament that you could tell were real martial artists. Oh, yeah. They were sprinkling them in to give it the authenticity. You had the referee of the match. Name is Pat E. Johnson. He is a karate expert and former student, going back to Chuck Norris again. And he instructed many movie stars in karate. He's credited at the end of the movie as the fight instructor choreographer for the film. But I didn't know that. I didn't know that the referee was the fight choreographer. Makes sense. Until the very end. You know, you got to look at the credits. I encourage people to stick around for the credits of a movie. You see in the movie theater, people get up and leave. Well, now more people are staying because they're thinking there's going to be a little end scene. But if it's not a Marvel movie, most people are going to get up and leave. You miss some stuff. Our Ferris Bueller. Okay. You miss some stuff if you just get up and leave. So definitely stick around. There was also another guy, a guy named Daryl Vidal. Now, Daryl Vidal, who also portrays a tournament finalist in the movie, he is the guy that did the body doubling of Mr. Miyagi when he's doing the crane on the beach. Okay, yeah. So a guy from the tournament body doubled Pat Morita for the crane scene. Eight million dollar movie. You got to have multiple jobs. He was really light on his feet, I thought, when he was doing those movements on that beam of wood or on that post. yes really light like a feather yeah it was a good scene more foreshadowing but we'll get to that that's ahead of us we'll get to that. i'm jumping ahead okay so here we are first day of school daniel has a shiner and there's more soccer we don't we're not even in the school we're literally at soccer practice it's like 12 hours later he's soccering again and he's juggling away and then there's cruel summer that that song is playing bananarama and then cobra kai's are scheming a plan they've already bested him at the beach Embarrass him in front of Allie, and they're already scheming on the soccer field. They see him first, I believe. I think they spot him first well, before there's more he spots of them. them. But yes, that's yeah. true. They spot him, and that's when they start scheming. So during a game, soccer game, Bobby takes out Daniel. Obvious red card. Ejection. What does Daniel do? He immediately fights back and slugs Bobby, and they always get the retaliation. Yeah. Coach ejects Daniel. Sure. He's Daniel's lost his guy. mind. Allie oversees this whole thing. And Daniel looks like the crazy man because he's just, he's got that short fuse. He's being picked on. I thought he was going to get kicked out of school because right before that that little fight on the soccer field, he and Daniel and Allie are having a nice little flirtatious moment. They're having a nice little moment. I thought to myself that she's thinking, oh, he's going to be here. We're in school. We're going to date. That's where she's probably thinking. Oh, yeah. And then he gets the boot. I'm thinking, as the viewer, he's getting expelled from school. And then she's looking at him going, oh, my gosh, there it is. It's over before it even started. That's true. If you punch someone in my school, you're not just leaving soccer practice. You're, you are ejected from school. Today, if you punch somebody, you're probably getting arrested. There's, there's that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is the 80s. The 80s you can get away with. Yeah, whatever. 80s. He, I think he had a knife. You could have a knife in school. It was no big deal. Yeah, it's the 80s. Cut to, which I think is more foreshadowing, 
Daniel in his apartment reading a book about karate and doing some self-lessons. Yeah, he's kicking. He's kicking, and Mr. Yes. Miyagi, the maintenance man, enters the scene and surveys what's going on. Because what does he fix the sink, right? There was a leak Correct. in the sink? yes. Okay, so Mr. Miyagi arrives to fix the sink and sees Daniel practicing kicks. Exactly. Yeah. Just a little moment there, you know. And next we see Daniel's mom, Mrs. LaRusso, at a restaurant, not at her computer job, which went under, by the way. I miss that she even worked at a computer company, but Daniel tells Freddie that in the beginning. And then there's a little bit of an exchange where she said they went under, and then she lucked into this job at the Orient Express, and she became the hostess. So interesting. I'm wondering if maybe the production lost a location or something. They had to change. I mean, why would they just make that right turn all of a sudden? Well, they stuck her right next to the Cobra Kai dojo, too. (laughs) (laughs) Again, it's $8 million budget. No. You got to stay tight. Keep things tight. Keep it tight. We got to cut that computer company. So she's at the restaurant. And in the background, you can see it. It says karate, right? Yeah. And when I saw this movie, not as a kid, when I saw it, I don't know, I watched it about seven, eight years ago. And I saw a street, and it was Cloverdale. And this is in Miracle Mile, Los Angeles, and Wilshire, Cloverdale, Wilshire. When I was watching this movie, I was living at 4th and Cloverdale. And I just had this out-of-body experience, like, wait, two, three blocks down, the Cobra Kai Dojo? So I got my dog, and we walked down there just to look at this building. Is this where it was done? And it was, but... That's one of two Cobra Kai locations. Yeah, they did cheat the locations. Apparently, one is near off of Miracle Mile. Uh, the exterior. Exterior would be called the west side of Los Angeles. Then you jump back into the San Fernando Valley, and the dojo is in North Hollywood on Lancashire. And both buildings are there, but that's more prominent. They're, all the indoor scenes that you see in the Cobra Kai dojo are the one from NoHo. Yeah, and the one on, in NoHo on Lancashire uh, between Chandler and Magnolia in NoHo Arts District today was famous locally for being a dance studio. Apparently, it was a very famous dance studio. Also, they also had aerobics classes. So when I first moved to NoHo 20 years ago, you had a lot of dance classes there I used to see. Little did I know when I'd see the dance classes there, when I would be eating at the Indian restaurant across the alleyway, I'm looking over at the dance class, not realizing that that was the Cobra Kai Dojo. That's amazing. You know, if I was old enough in the 80s, or I'm surprised someone didn't do this, but why did they not roll out Cobra Kai studios everywhere? They could have. They definitely could have. They didn't capitalize it, off everything. It might have been thing. too early. And it, helped, it definitely helped prime okay. karate in, in America. I say this as a toy collector. Why didn't they have the whole line of action figures immediately? Or did they? I don't think that they had original no, Karate so, Kid either. or Cobra Kai action figures. It's because Lucas in the didn't 80s. make this movie. If Lucas would have made this movie, we would have Cobra Kai motorcycles. You would definitely have the motorcycles, the dirt bikes. Oh, yes. You'd have the Cobra Kai dirt bikes. Absolutely. The red jackets. Oh, you'd have the red jackets. You'd have the headbands. Headbands. You'd have the chopsticks. You'd have it all. I mean, they had a few trinkets here and there. I did see some. I went to video stores back then. That's how I even found Karate Kid. I didn't see it in the theater, unfortunately. One video store called All the Right Movies. Ah. They had this thing behind the counter, and it was chopsticks like Karate Kid branded. So oh. there was a little bit of that going on, but, bit not, of but not not enough. Not what course. they would have today. I mean, had it come out now, Cobra Kai would be everywhere. It would be like the Chipotle of karate dojos. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know why not? Sure. Are the Starbucks? Daniel's talking to his mother, getting the lowdown, sharing about Ali, this love interest, and he's excited because he's gonna. Although Daniel's reading his book about karate, he knows he needs to learn from a master. So he goes and inquiring at the dojo. 
not knowing it's Cobra Kai. Oh, that's right. He walks in to get legitimate lessons, not realizing he was walking into the belly of the beast. Exactly. He sees Kreese, and he sees this commanding sensei has control over the whole class. And it wasn't until certain people bow, and he sees Johnny's eyes lock on him. Yeah, because Kreese has Johnny take over the class. That's later. That wasn't at that moment when Johnny takes well, yeah, over the he, class. Well, yeah, he was in front of him. And then right. bends down to, that's to right. bow and that's then right. sees, he sees Daniel. Yeah. That's when they make eye contact. And Daniel's like, oh, no. What am I doing here? And so my question to you is, what if Daniel had just stayed, stomached it, talked to Crease, and became a Cobra Kai? Wow. Look how close we were to the, what, the movie being over. You know, you know what? And then Daniel goes back as a Cobra Kai and beats up Freddy. <laughs> it's all going back to Freddy. And now, I mean, I know the movie's over, but he's just not one to back down from things. So Daniel decides to leave as opposed to staying there, which would have probably solved all of his problems. Goes back, his temperament's different, he's dejected, he's chosen the one dojo in the world that that the Cobra Kai is is at, and he's talking to his mother, and if you remember that scene, I think the scene's actually well done, you see the Cobra Kai coming out of the studio, and they spot him. Oh yeah, because he's there having lunch or dinner with his mother, right in the window. They come out of the dojo, and then, actually they don't see him at first, it's the one guy who sees him, runs back tells Johnny, hey, and then that's when... What do they do at that moment? So then we we cut to Daniel riding his bike, oh, from okay. which that would have been from Miracle Mile to Reseda. Okay. Impossible, but we won't get into that. Entourage <laughs> used to do stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. he's riding his bike home. It's kind of eerie out. They did a good yeah. job of that. I, you know what I was reminded of is when he was riding his bike at that moment, kind of having E.T. flashbacks. It's like, Very I think, much. I think E.T. filmed... In the valley too. I went to the house one time. Okay, so ET filmed in the valley, yeah. and they had the you know the bicycle riding at night. I was totally reminded of scenes from ET when Daniel is riding his bike there before he gets accosted by these brutes on dirt bikes. And this time they're wearing helmets. They did have helmets. They, oh, that's to be uh, anonymous. Oh, good point. Yeah, because they knew they were going to do dirty. So, like when they showed up at the beach, they were just going to show up at the beach and be idiots. Uh, that's true. But tonight, that's right. You're right. They knew they were going to do Good something. Good point. Okay. They, yeah, it was premeditated. Yes, exactly. And I want to talk about Crease real quick. Yeah. Crease, the Cobra Kai sensei, he's played by Martin Cove. Yeah. He's a longtime TV actor. Oh, yeah. He went on to play, I want to say, almost 200 episodes of Cagney and Lacey. By the time I saw Karate Kid for the first time, I had definitely seen him. And lots of stuff. In so the many things. Yeah, I'm sure. Like I probably saw him in a uh, Hunter or Oh yeah, uh, Falcon Crest. All those shows of the '80s. I think I saw him, and I definitely had seen him before. I doubt he was on Love Boat. <laughs> Maybe Fantasy Island. Everybody else was on Love Boat, but I don't know about <laughs> Martin Cove. He's in Cobra Kai. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. I know. Well, and Chuck Norris was rumored to have been asked to play that role. But he was never asked to play that role. That's right. Yeah. But the rumor was he was asked to play that role and turned down the role because he thought he would portray karate senseis in a negative light. That's a good point. Now, what Chuck Norris came back and said, it's not, yeah, that's true. I was never offered the role, but I would have turned it down for that very reason. And that's so, a good so point. He, he His image, I agree. His image was much cleaner than that. You know, so I, it wouldn't have fit for him. I'm glad that Chuck Norris wasn't that role. I think he's great, but I don't think he could have portrayed it as evil. 
I, I'm just wondering if Chuck Norris has ever played bad guy. He doesn't play bad guy. No, he played tough guy, like Lone Wolf McQuaid. He was tough. Yeah, but he's and not then, a bad guy. No, he's not a bad guy. And then Texas, what was that? Walker, Texas Ranger. Walker, Texas Ranger. It was more of a silly, campy... Yeah, but he's always a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I mean, they got the right guy. Yeah, he's fantastic. And Chris, if he's in karate or not, he didn't even have to do much. Just his presence. He never does karate in the movie. Yeah, he looks like a G.I. Joe figure. He just looks like he's chiseled out of some other, you know, like Eastwood. Yeah, well, but, speak, speaking of G.I. Joe and Eastwood, when they first go into the dojo, you see some items on the wall. Yes. And one of those is some sort of Vietnam shot that shows that Kreese was a veteran of Vietnam. So a Vietnam War veteran turned sensei. But speaking of Eastwood... Eastwood's son, Clint Eastwood's son. Not Scott. Not Scott. Kyle Eastwood auditioned for the role of Daniel. And then when he didn't get the part, his father, Clint Eastwood, banned all Coca-Cola products from the sets of all his movies. Because at that time, Columbia Studios owned Coca-Cola at the time. So that was Clint Eastwood's way of getting back at Columbia for not casting his son, Kyle Eastwood, to play Daniel. That's because guess what other famous son we have, as you mentioned earlier? Steve McQueen. So we have Steve McQueen's son in the movie. Yeah. Clint Eastwood is like, oh, you're not going to have my son in the movie? Well, no Coca-Cola products on my sets But Steve McQueen's son was a real legitimate karate expert. And he also wasn't Daniel. Yeah. You know, I mean, Daniel was going to the right guy. Ralph Macchio was the right guy. Well, he's the right guy. But at the same time, other actors who were considered for Daniel, Sean Penn at one time considered, C. Thomas Howell considered. I could see him doing it. You could see C. Thomas Howell? Yes, because he's got that sympathy, you yeah. know, more than Sean Penn's too tough. Yeah. He could have been Johnny. Well, Sean Penn at the time turned down the, the offer. I don't know if he ever auditioned, but turned down the offer because he thought he wanted to do more adult roles. At that time, you know, these yeah. guys are like in their early 20s. Well, I could either go back and play high school again or college or I could play adult roles. But you also had Charlie Sheen also considered for the role. Charlie, he might have been able to do it. Yeah. I forgot about Charlie Sheen's early roles. I forgot what he did early on. Well, Young Guns is the first time I, I remember him coming on the scene. Okay. Oh, and then Lucas. What am I saying? Of course, he was in Lucas with um, Cary Green and Corey Haim. Okay. And he was also in Young Guns, but he, his brother was much bigger at the time. Yeah, but yeah. But C. Thomas Howe had that persona. He would have been a good, another choice. Tom Cruise also could have probably done it. Yes. So you're looking at grabbing from the outsiders. Uh, everybody in the outsiders. Like, yeah. yeah. And Rob Lowe. Now, Rob Lowe's too pretty boy. He, he would have had a hard yeah. time having sympathy for him. I thought Ralph Macchio was great. And it was like the role he was supposed to have. Well, what's interesting is when you look up all this trivia on who was considered for any given role, it doesn't say anywhere how they finally then landed on Ralph Macchio, how they got back to Ralph Macchio after all these other guys. Yeah. That's a question for Ralph Macchio. We will ask, definitely. We're going to have to get him on one of our shows. All right, so now the Cobra Kai's are coming, bearing down on Daniel on his bicycle. And having watched this scene, it's a little comical. So they come rolling up on him, and there's a massive hill. And watching this, Sal, I just thought, if they didn't trip him, they didn't do anything, they just kind of got close to him. And on his own you know, momentum, he took himself down the hill and wiped out and rolled and everything. And I just thought, if Dan had just stopped his bicycle, yeah. got off, because he hadn't really done anything to them, they were more heckling him, he probably could have avoided some of the situation. But he, he just kind of, he gets it in his own way sometimes. They did what you would call running him off the road. It's, but I would have stopped. Well, sure. Maybe and, not. Okay, Maybe how, not. How about the fall? 
Because you see how he's going down, then all of a sudden, boom, he hits something. And Well, the bike, so I watched this just before we came on. The bike literally goes about five feet. Yeah. Not crushed. And then he Not hits. a scratch on it. Next time we see the bike, it's got a cracked tire frame. Oh, okay. And he's throwing it in the dumpster. Yes. That's okay. That's movie magic. I get it. Yeah. But it wasn't as bad as we uh, were led to believe. The bicycle that Daniel was riding was a mongoose. Right after the movie, mongoose sales skyrocketed. And the reason why I may get bicycles like Diamondbacks and mongoose is confused is because in real life... What fights a snake? A mongoose. So in the neighborhoods where I grew up in, you either had a diamondback or you had a mongoose. And you ran with a different crowd if you were on a diamondback versus a mongoose. Especially after Karate Kid. Oh, after Karate Kid, uh, Cobra Kai's could be on a diamondback, another snake. Yep. Or the mongoose... For Which the is a karate, snake killer, a snake killer, the Karate Kid crowd on the mongooses, and I myself, I'm proud to say I had a BMX mongoose. So that that was done on purpose. That that's his mongoose to fight off the cobras. Well, I like to create parallels, and I'd like to create meaning. Yes, I will take something meaningless and put meaning if it makes sense to me. So when I look at the bike he's on, which is a mongoose, and mongooses fight snakes, and what are cobras? They are snakes. Yes. Wow. All true. Mind blown. Wow. That should be like the subtitle. <laughs> so after the wipeout on the hill, meltdown ensues. By the time he gets home and throws his bicycle in the dumpster, his mother is just now getting home. So, you know, his ordeal took a while. Also, he had to ride a long way. He's just kind of melting down in front of his mother. He's sad. He's beat up. He's been beat up several times. Now, who overhears this entire exchange? Who's eavesdropping? I don't even know. He's just there. His little (laughs) shop is right there. But Mr. Biagi hears this whole thing, comes out, and and as the audience, you realize like, oh, this guy's probably going to intervene in some way. Yeah. We don't know how, but we we don't even know what he's capable of at this point. Sure. We just know that he's the maintenance guy of the building. In fact, that's another thing that I thought about is originally when we first see the original meeting between Daniel and Mr. Miyagi, it's Daniel coming down to ask him to fix the sink. Now, today, you send an email to your building maintenance. That's what I do. I send an email to my maintenance, and then they send a maintenance guy. I would never go down. There's nobody to go down to. There's no maintenance guy living there. So this also represents another era where maybe there was a custodian on site. Yeah. You just don't see that today. Well, in fact, I thought after that scene, he lived there. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. I thought that forever until yeah. we'll, we'll get there, yeah. but we find out he doesn't live there. No, that's and, just his office, so to and speak. And in fact, at one, after, after we realize he doesn't live there, we never see him there again. <laughs> <laughs> we only see him at his house. Once you see his house, I wouldn't want to leave there either. Yeah. He's got a cool setup. He got it. Who knew? He's just been stashing away money, and he has no, you know, no kids and no wife. So we're back at school. And Daniel runs into Allie, and he turns down a trip to the arcade with her and friends because he sees the Cobra Kai's at school. I didn't really understand that. Was that when he says goodbye to Allie, like, I got to get out of here? Exactly. And, yeah. And he's wearing, and let me just point this out, he's wearing fatigue pants with a plaid button-up <laughs> with a white shirt and bright red collar underneath. I'm a product of the 80s, and I would never put all those things together. <laughs> so I don't really, he looks like an idiot. But yes, so he sees Cobra Kai at school. She wants to go off-site to an arcade, 
but he doesn't even want to walk around them. And he bowed out and, and runs home. So he's really becoming introverted, scared, runs back home. And he did what anybody who was antagonized by, you could call it a gang. I mean, it's not officially a, ga- a street gang as we would know a gang, but they're a gang. That's true. They're a gang. Yep. And they threatened him. You see them at school. So you walk the other way. It's a pretty healthy dose of bullying, for sure. They did never use the word bullying, which is a very popular word today. Absolutely. But never was the word bully used. It may have been used if this movie were made today. Because that's what was happening, is he became then bullied. But he just took off to avoid being bullied. Yes. Which anybody would probably do. I mean, what are you going to do? You can't stand up to these six karate guys. I mean, come on. But I would have told Ali, I'll, I'll meet you at golf and stuff. <laughs> and, and went right around the uh, Cobra guys. I'll meet you at Pac-Man. Oh, yeah. Miss Pac-Man at that. So now Daniel goes home and there's his bike. Perfect condition. The mm-hmm. mongoose. Yeah. Amazing. And you immediately know Mr. Miyagi's got a kind heart and he's got some skills. Yeah, yeah. That bike looked better than it looked when he rode it for the first time. Yeah, because you know what? It takes a lot of skill. To true a rim. Yeah. Do you know what it means to true a rim? It means you got to take a rim from bent to straight. That takes a lot of time and patience, which Mr. Miyagi has. Obviously, he's got that. Yeah. So he brings in... I mean, this is like the best... Not the best. This is like one of the first bonding scenes between them. He not only fixes the bike, Daniel goes to thank him, and he brings him in and gives him a bonsai lesson. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. I got to say, are you into bonsais at all, Sal? So the bonsai trees, I totally love. I have a couple. My brother-in-law is a bonsai master, teaches bonsai workshops. I did not know that. I've always been fond of them. Yeah, they're so cool. I've had a few, had a few at my office, and I never really understood the trimming aspect, but I love the miniature tree thing. And you're a big collector, so I could see you also liking them. But um, I like when he tells him, close your eyes. Yes. Imagine tree. And then turns on the back of the tree and goes, remember tree, make into tree. Very simple. You don't get any much more simple than that. In and fact, that, that's, what, that's the whole key to Mr. Miyagi, right? It's, it's simplicity. Yes. Very, very simple. So then Daniel's mother joins them. She gets a tree. Yes. So well, he, he offers to pay him for the bike. For the bike. He says, no, yes. I will not take your money. Yeah. You know, he's, he realizes Daniel has no father figure. Yes. And he's in need of help. And so he's taking on that role. So and maybe Mr. Miyagi has no son. We don't know that. We don't know yet. We never hear. Well, we hear later. We hear later about children? Yes. We do. I completely forgot. Well, we'll get into that. So, trees for everyone. Oh, yes. Now I remember what you're talking about, the kid. Yeah. Okay, let's not give that away yet. No, no, no. Boy, that's so we're, pretty yeah. deep. So, trees for everybody. Yes. Mr. Miyagi's the man. He's giving everyone bonsai trees, BTs. And a few beats later, Mr. Miyagi's carving up pumpkins for Halloween. This yeah. guy, he's super festive. Yeah. He's like a renaissance man, really. When I first saw him, I thought, eh, this guy kills it. I could see why he kept coming back to play this character. He's amazing. Yeah. So he's doing the Halloween bit, and off camera, he builds Daniel a great costume for yeah. Halloween. Because Daniel comes back, he doesn't want to be with the kids, and his new you know, mentor, father figure helps him and if you watch that scene again it's kind of funny you can see the shower curtain and the rod in the background yeah there's a foreshadow it's right there yeah. again and so bam there we are at the dance and how did ali know that was daniel as the shower curtain when she said that's daniel and then i think a friend says how do you know and she says i just do something like that 
I did not know how she knew that that was Daniel. I mean, did we ever see him build stuff, create stuff, wear costumes? I don't know how she knew that was Daniel. Maybe guess, it was a sixth sense, maybe. I guess she knows he likes to hide in plain sight. Okay, I'll go for that. You know, she I guess just she, knew. she figured it out. But yeah, I thought, how does she know that? It was kind of a money outfit when she came over and he opens the curtain and brings her and closes the curtain. That was pretty cool. Like, that's pretty provocative. In my yeah. school, that would have had to be clear. <laughs> you could not have gotten away with that. Well, I'm always looking for the first kiss or the first makeout. There they were in the shower together. Mm-hmm. They didn't kiss. Fully clothed, like weird science. <laughs> they didn't kiss. Uh, they no. hugged. They, they, they kissed it golf and stuff. Yeah, they didn't kiss in the shower. No, well, they weren't in there very long. It would have been Makeout City if that were me. So she gives him a flower, and then she, Allie goes on about, you know, Johnny's going to get his due. Someone's going to stand up to him. Mm-hmm. He opens the shower curtain, and there's a chicken. Someone dressed as a chicken, and they joke about real eggs, and Daniel's hit with an egg. By the way, the person in the costume, you remember Bobby from the Brady Bunch? Yes. Okay, Bobby's brother. Peter? No, no. Bobby's real-life brother. Larry? <laughs> I don't know his name. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> Bobby's real-life brother was in that chicken suit. That's a little bit of trivia. Uh, that is a, it's a lot of trivia. Is <laughs> he older or odd, younger? That's some odd trivia. Bobby's neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby's neighbor's cousin's roommate. So Daniel's hit with an egg. Yes. And he's got to go clean up. Yes. And what does he do when he's in the restroom? That's when he does the... Well, Johnny is in a stall... Rolling a joint, a right? A joint. Definitely a joint. Interesting. Yeah. He he went up a notch in coolness at that moment. Yeah. He's got his headphones on, which we've established Johnny in school, like many scenes earlier, having his headphones on in a class. So yeah. he's got his headphones rocking. Yeah. And we don't know what he's listening to, do we? Oh, uh, it's probably something heavy. I think you do hear it. And he might be Slayer bit. or something like that, probably. I'm imagining a guy like that would have been probably into some metal, maybe Metallica. Was Metallica around then? Yeah, definitely in the 80s. Yeah? It would have to This be. was 84. I don't know if it was Metallica. Well, someone was around heavy. I know Slayer was definitely around. Yeah. I mean, he's not... Iron Maiden. How about they're listening to okay. Iron... Motley Crue. That? He's probably listening to Motley Crue. He's not listening to Depeche Mode, I'll no, tell you that. not listening to uh, Flock of Seagulls. No. Which are cool, but not for Johnny. So he's in there rolling Oh, he's joint. listening to something heavy. Yeah. And then Daniel takes this water hose. And does this prank where he puts it over the stall and then turns on the water and gives Johnny a dose of water. And I say, why? You finally got Cobra Kai's to give you a little distance. They've not attacked you lately. No. You know, like, let sleeping dogs lie. You're with Allie on the dance floor in a shower. You're with the hottest girl in school and she's dumped him and she's into you. But you've taken what she said and you want to retaliate. Are we going to get into where he gets chased and causes an Automobile accident. Three car. When that happened, really, I'm, I'm thinking, are you serious? You just caused an auto accident. <laughs> this is Daniel with his no... He's not a very good chess player. No. Daniel comes out of the gate. Yeah. He's one man. There's like eight Cobra Kais. Why not just stand there and cover up in your outfit? Or why not just hide in a stall? He tries to run for it. Run for it as a shower. As a shower. I would have ran to the nearest school attendant and said these guys are picking on me i'm one man against eight but he runs in the middle of the street outside in the parking lot three cars literally crash looks like an episode of chips yeah he jumps on another car's hood he almost takes a hit yes that's right and he runs for the fence yeah and the cobra guys are coming fast they're on his tail on his tail they're so close well they're wearing cool skeleton outfits too and i'm thinking there's no way he's going to get away look how close he's dressed as a shower 
Yeah. There's guys on his tail in skeleton outfits. This guy's not getting away. I mean, Ali buys him five seconds with the tripping. Uh, yeah. Which was nice. Okay. That was good. She got his back, but that didn't buy him enough time. Yeah. So when I'm watching this scene, what cracks me up is he jumps over a fence. It's another one of those real eerie fields, you know, that it looks like there's almost like fog coming up. And he's going to make it across this field. His apartment's right there. Yeah. So Danny lives two minutes from school? That's the logistics? I would never run to my house because I don't want them to know where I live. But he lives that close. Yeah. So I he, wouldn't have left school. He lived running distance home. If I'm Daniel, I run and pull a fire alarm. Yeah. You know, but he's not very smart. So he makes it all the way to the gate, looking at his parking lot. And what happens? He's climbing the gate. Yes. And right at that moment, I think one of them, was it Johnny? I'm not sure if it was Johnny. One of the Cobra Kai grabs him, pulls him down. I'm surprised he made it that far. That's true. He's a pretty good runner if he made it that far. Because they yeah. should have caught him back in the parking lot, really. They were hot on his tail. He makes his way, climbing up, almost to the top. One of the Cobra Kai grabs him. They start wailing. Or Johnny, I think. Who's like, Johnny's like, let me have him, right? Yeah, well, Johnny's mad. Yeah. Yeah, because Johnny's the one that he pranked in the bathroom. Yeah. And Dutch is also mad, but he's always mad. Yeah, he just has that about him. So Johnny is giving him some, giving the old one-two, right? Giving him some kicks and some yep. punches. Yep. And then, oh, and then even one of the Cobra Kai says, okay, that's enough. That's right. And that's when Johnny says, I'll say when it's enough or I'll decide when it's enough. Yep. And then he's about to get him again. But we see something lurking yeah. in the background. Mr. Miyagi has slowly climbed the fence, which is unlocked, by the way, and jumps, intersects Johnny's impeding kick, and takes Johnny down, and then literally goes into a mirage of great moves and takes out every Cobra Kai. Yeah, well, that, to be exact, was stunt double Fumio Demura. Yeah, that makes sense. So what happened in that scene, some more cool trivia, is Fumio tried it with the actors and they had to do take after take after take and the actors were complaining he's kicking us too hard i mean these people are actors in the end they're not official martial artists they're not competitive martial artists except for dutch they're not black belts no okay so what happened is then fumio says let me use my guys he brings his students they put on the skeleton costumes and they bang out the fight scene which some people say is one of the greatest on-camera fight scenes it's good they bang it out in one take. Yeah, it was smart. They're wearing the um, skeleton outfits. Their faces are made up. And Johnny, someone has his hair. It was perfect. Yeah. They nailed it. Yeah. I, I watched it again today before this thinking, well, Mr. Miyagi's doing pretty good there. I mean, they brought him in for the close-ups. Yes. But, yeah. When he gets the two guys. Remember, he, tri- yeah. he flips the two exactly. guys? Exactly. Yeah. What cracked me up about that sequence was the fact that after he goes and helps Daniel up and takes him back to the place, all you see from the Cobra Kai's is just a little bit of moving. And yeah. Uh, no, they're not audible anymore. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's a bit far-fetched. You think they would have started getting up by now? I mean, their pride was more hurt than they were. It's not like yeah. he took death blows. Yeah. But whatever. He's bested them. They're beaten. I could have sworn there was audio like, uh... Oh, there's that. Uh, but no that? one's saying oh, okay. anything, yeah. Cobra Kai style. Yeah. No mercy. I think they would have gotten up and had like another round or something. So cut to Mr. Miyagi is helping, you know, Daniel heal up with some Okinawa medicine. Yeah. And agrees to go to the Cobra Kai dojo to talk to the sensei to have them stop picking on Daniel. But originally... 
he turns it down. At first, Daniel asks him, will you go with me? Doesn't he say something like that? Will you go with me? And Mr. Miyagi at first says no. Yes. So then I think Daniel gets mad, right? He tends to do that. Yeah, he gets angry. And then I think then Mr. Miyagi does a turn and says, okay, fine, I'll go with you. He got his way. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> Daniel throws a tantrum and then he gets his way. That is a constant theme. So, and Mr. Miyagi has a, it's a great moment. It's small, it's poetic. It even, you even hear that little Miyagi music comes in. Mm -hmm. But as they walk away, because he's asking Mr. Miyagi what belt he is, because mm. obviously, you know, yes. Daniel's consumed by belts, having seen the Cobra Kai's. Yeah. Mr. Miyagi gives him some wisdom and says, karate's here in his head, mm -hmm. here in his heart. And not here where a belt is. Yeah, it's a great is. moment. And so the next day, we're with Mr. Miyagi, and who we find out does not have a license, and nor does Daniel, for that matter. So I forgot that he didn't have a license. That's what he says. That's why he had Daniel drive them. And then the Daniel doesn't have his license yet. So here's two. No, wait a second. Remember, he whips out his license, and he he just got it. That's later. What? That's at his birthday party. Oh, yes. So he's literally saying, I don't have mine either. So we have two okay. unauthorized guys bouncing around town. Yeah. And they drive to the dojo. Yes. Were this they in the yellow car? No, they were in Mr. Miyagi's like main car. Okay. It wasn't in the 1948 Ford Super Deluxe Convertible. No, we're not there yet. Okay. But we can't wait to get there. <laughs> no, we've not been to his house yet this is the last time i believe that we see mr miyagi at the apartment complex okay because that's where he brought him back to health it was at the complex he's got a little yeah, bed there, his workshop there his little workshop yes and so cut to they walk in the dojo i don't even think mr miyagi has much of a plan but he's going to confront this guy and see if he can you know speak some reason to him yeah. And I, well, he didn't have any plan, because I think when they got to the dojo, Mr. Miyagi looked up and saw the tournament yeah. sign. All-Valley Tournament, December 19th. Yeah, I don't think Mr. Miyagi legitimately had any sort of plan. Well, he was probably hoping that it wasn't going to be a guy like Crease. He know? probably wasn't anticipating Crease. Yeah, it was like, oh, I can't talk to this blockhead. Yeah. So when he gets there, you can see that the students, the Cobra Kai's, yeah. are injured. Dan, yes. I mean, Johnny's got a black eye yes. this time. One of them's in a sling. Yes. So that's Mr. Miyagi having beaten Crease's students. Correct. Yeah. And you can see Johnny whisper to Crease, mm -hmm. his sensei. And then he has all the students fall in behind him so they can have this discussion at the dojo, which is a great moment. I, yeah. I love this scene. Sure. And so Mr. Miyagi asks them to stop picking on Daniel. And Kreese is having none of it. He orders Daniel to the mat. And he's like, not in your dojo. Yes. It's unfair. Yes. But where? And then he kind of nods to the poster yeah. in the background. And so it's on. And now Daniel, who knows nothing about karate, is going to be in the All-Valley Tournament. Now, wait a second, though. He didn't know nothing. Because remember when he first kicks the door, when he first That's meets Freddy? Okay. He's okay. a white belt. Okay, maybe he had he took a class. Oh, I think that he took the a class y. the Y. At the yeah. Y. Okay, so he had the most bare minimum. Okay, so he's a white belt, but these guys are black belts. Yes, definitely. They've been training for years, maybe all of high school, probably most of middle school. Sure. Even if they're in the same tournament, they would not be in the same class. No, it's like I say about myself. Like, I've had enough fight training where I can probably kick somebody's ass who has had no fight training. Yes. But could I kick somebody's ass who's been taking martial arts for five, ten years? No. <laughs> Exactly. So that's probably at the level he was at. He could kick the average. He could have kicked Freddy's ass. Yeah. Right? But he's not going to kick these guys. No. Ass. No way. 
And I think, and that's not even the point. Miyagi just wants him to stand up for himself in this setting and then squash this thing. Yeah. Right. But none of us know this. And we just assume like Daniel's going to, I mean, at the time I didn't know the difference between belts. So I just thought, okay, he's going to fight these guys yeah. somehow, some way. And this dojo, of course, this time is not Miracle Mile. We are definitely in North Hollywood, NoHo yeah. for this whole sequence. And you know who I noticed in, as a Cobra Kai in this scene? Oh, Lamar from Revenge of the Nerds. Exactly. Yes. He's later on in the tournament. Yes, he is. Larry He's, Scott. Is he even credited? He is. He is credited. Okay. He, he is in it. Larry Scott, who, yes, Lamar from Revenge of the Nerds and, and all of its sequels. He was also in Iron Eagle. I forgot about and that. And Space Camp. I forgot about that. And I, lots of other movies, but those are some really fun ones from the 80s. Yeah. I mean, he's so iconic as Lamar in Revenge of the Nerds. I mean, such a memorable character that they probably maybe couldn't get away with today. Yes, the limp wristed throw, the javelin throw. Yes. So I noticed when they visited the Cobra Kai dojo, it's all black belts. Everyone's a black belt. There is no one below that. Wow. And so you look at that and just think, yeah, wow, this is quite, I mean, it's probably an all black belt session, but still. Do they have that? Yeah, there are some. Okay. Yes. This class is all black belts. Yeah. And that's obviously what's, most Cobra Kais are that. Well, that's pretty heavy duty, a class with all black belts. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so then look where we're at in, at this moment in time then. We just had Halloween. That's right. And the tournament is when? In December? It's December 19th. We're December leading 19th. up to that. Okay, so we got two months to defeat the Cobra Cup. Yeah, so it's November. You're right. We got a month and a half to really get ready and get rolling. I got a month and a half to defeat a black belt. Yeah. Or and, some black, uh, more uh, than one black and belt. And try to become a black belt. Become a black belt and defeat and, black belts. And not just Johnny. He's the last man standing. You've got to get through the other ones to get to him. Now, there, there are these things called prodigies. And speaking of martial arts, a famous martial artist by the name of BJ Penn, nicknamed the prodigy, when he took Brazilian jiu-jitsu, this guy picked it up so fast and record-breaking time became a black belt, started beating black belts in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So it's not entirely unheard of that somebody could come along and just start to kick butt right away. It's so rare, but it can happen. Yeah. So in other words, it's not so far-fetched that in two months, a person can beat up. Remember, also, there are rules. It's not no. a street fight. No. There are distinct That's true. Rules. If they were street fighting, when they were taking him down with the sweeping the legs, Daniel's done. Yeah. But it, there, it is technical. Sure, you have officials, you have a referee, probably have a doctor on the side. When it comes to tournaments, it's very protected. I fought in some tournaments. Yeah, okay. So there are, you're, it's and not it's fighting true. on the street. They, they take you off immediately. It's point, no point. I yeah. remember I won a couple tournaments, and it's more adrenaline you don't even feel anything. And headshots are illegal. We'll get into that mm. later. Yeah. And so, or at least when I was fighting. But you could always fight up. That's one thing I remember. I was like a yellow belt at the time. And I was, we were a pretty good group in, of Taekwondo. We were called the Wild Bunch. And you could always fight up. So meaning I could be a yellow and I could challenge a blue. Yeah. Who were like two belts up. And I would beat some of those blues. That sounds good. But they couldn't fight down. You can't. No, guy that would down. be like, come on, stand back. And, <laughs> excuse me, white belt, but this black belt, he's kind <laughs> of challenge you. <laughs> All right. So. So they're there on the dojo. They yes. look to the poster. They agree to fight in the All Valley tournament coming up on December 19th. All Valley Karate Championship, December 19th. I would love to have one of these recreated posters. Yeah. Amazing. And so here we are. It's right before the holidays. And Daniel, like you said, he has a month and a half to become a black belt. So what do we do? Well, next we learn for the first time that Mr. Miyagi does not live at the apartment complex. (laughs) He drives Daniel 
to his house, which is really nice. And he's got land, four classic cars out front, yes. and a little boat. Yes. Like, who knew? Yeah. And this is where he's going to train Daniel. His backyard is totally decked out. Totally cool. A little bridge going over a pond. He's got some koi in the pond. And he's got a pool and a pond. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, he has the pond, That's right? That's Caddyshack. Okay, yes. so he has the pond there with koi. He has a little bridge. He's got a whole zen garden there that right. looks totally cool. Uh, but it also looks like he's putting it together as we speak. So this could have been like, you know, something that he's wanted to have on his bucket list is a nice home with a nice backyard, a manicured back lawn, bonsai trees, pond. It looks really beautiful. And a little helper. <laughs> and an assistant. Even when Daniel first arrives there, first thing he says, oh, this is beautiful. That's the first thing out of his mouth when he walks in there. So I, I read that they actually tore that house down in the 80s. Don't make me cry. I know. Well, like I said, I am, I am pleasantly surprised about the Seven Seas apartment because yeah. so much is going down. So the fact that that went down is not surprising to me. And Cobra Kai does have a recreation. So there is a new Miyagi house that so it does live on. Okay. But that particular one I read was yeah. down. So we go there. First lesson, iconic, wash and wax the cars. Wax on, wax off. We don't know as the viewer, if you've never seen the movie, you don't know no that this is part of the methodology. You think it's this madman that's taking advantage of Dan? Not a madman, but you think it's this guy who's going to just ha have a helper yeah. all of a sudden. Sure. And maybe if he helps enough... He'll give him some lessons. Yeah, exactly. That's what you think's coming. If you do a good job on my cars, then we'll start your first lesson. Yeah, because he's not a bad guy. He's already saved him from getting beaten up. Yeah. He brought him back to life. Yeah. yeah you don't know the plan. My question to you is, how are there four classic cars outside? And why are they exposed to the elements of the valley? Because these are beautiful cars. Yeah, and they were the, without covers, and especially uh, the main yellow car, which is a 1948 Ford Super Deluxe, and we'll get into that in a second, the difference between this car and the car that looks like it from Greece and the car that looks like it from Back to the Future. But none of the cars have roofs. They're all, I think, I don't know if they're Oh, some have, some have roofs. Okay, no, I'm sorry about what But I, that one does not. The, all the 1948 Deluxes do not have yeah. roofs. Beautiful car. They're a fantastic car. But yeah, you leave it sitting out. It's collecting dust. It's getting rained on. No, those cars would not be in that shape. I'm assuming off camera. Again, you can't tie up every loose end like you say. Off camera, the cars were covered at night. And maybe he just uncovered them when he knew uh, Daniel was coming. Let's hope. Because it, it breaks my heart to see them sitting there. And knowing how hot it would get out there. Oh, yeah. It would be too much. No, no. You don't but they're, want but they're not cars. in bad shape. They don't have sun damage. They're no. a little dirty. And yeah. that's about it. Sure. Now, I did read that. Uh, Ralph Macchio did receive this car as a gift. Was it the director who gave him the car? John Avildsen, who we haven't talked about much, and no. I guess we could have a quick... Uh, no, I would like to definitely talk about the director. We should have talked about him earlier. Yeah. So John Avildsen directed Rocky. Yeah. Amazing. Came yeah. back to Rocky Five. did other well, movies. Well, he turned down Rocky Two. Turned down Rocky Two. But did not turn down Karate Kid Two and Karate Kid Three. He right? should have turned down Three. <laughs> okay, so he directed three Karate Kid movies, starting with Karate Kid, then Karate Kid Two, then Karate Kid Three. That's pretty interesting. Actually, you don't hear a lot of franchises having the same director coming back at all, really. I mean, look how many Iron Man movies. Did we have a director come back? Look about so many Spider-Man movies. Did we have a director come back? They're uh, always well, Iron Man was John Favreau the first two. Okay, he did the first two. George Lucas only did the first Star Wars and came back and did those weird ones in the middle, which okay. were awful. You just never heard of the same director back to back to back. Yeah, it's weird. 
I mean, he also did the movie Neighbors, which is a interesting dark comedy, which I love, but it was a horrendous shoot. But I've always admired John Abelson, and he, unfortunately, just two years ago, we lost him. He passed away. Well, talk about iconic, rest in peace, talk about iconography. He directs Rocky, turns down Rocky too, yes. but does not turn down Karate Kid too. Maybe he learned his lesson. Maybe. He did learn his lesson. And also, another bit of trivia, our director here, John Alvitson was also the original director of Saturday Night Fever from 1977, but he pulled out, and then he was replaced. That's what she by, said. <laughs> then he was replaced by John Badham, who you may remember from uh, other. Well, I don't want to get into John Badham, but the yeah. point is, is that the director of Karate Kid was the original director of Saturday Night Fever. Good point. He did Rocky. When they do the montage, Rocky in Karate Kid. You have to think of Rocky montage, oh, yeah. but apparently the director is known for montage. That's that's one of his his devices. The Karate Kid has a lot of that Rocky spirit. Yeah, you know, and you could see why it was in his hands, and rightfully so. The it was it was beautiful. Those were now the sequels, whatever. I don't care. I mean, he came back and did Rocky Five, which was a miss at the box office, and I didn't like it compared to three and four, but he got it right those times. The song, You're the Best. Oh, well, we're going to get into that now? We're going to get into that now? Let's, Let's wait. Are we? Let's wait, because okay. I have a whole thing on that. Okay, got it. Let's hold off. Okay, we probably, but, but there's a tie-in with Rocky. Then. We probably have a lot of things. We'll wait for the song to come on. Okay. So Daniel's doing his first lesson. Not real thrilled about it, but before he does the first lesson, Mr. Miyagi makes him take the oath. I'm your teacher. You have to agree with everything. No arguing. And so he's got him. So boom, he does first lesson. Next thing we know... He doesn't want to wax cars, but he agreed to do whatever Mr. Yagi said. And so far, Mr. Miyagi has not led him astray, yeah. although he's got him in a tournament that he can't handle. But he has had his back every step of the way, so he's going to follow along for now. So we're off on a date with Ali and Daniel and his mother. Oh, And yeah. this scene just is like... It's oh, almost like where they pick up Ali from her house. Exactly. And then the parents see the boy from Reseda... This scene is almost as hard to watch as like that scene from Swingers when he keeps calling Nikki on the answering machine. Uh, yeah, like this yeah. is the scene that you never want to be the poor guy, but yeah. yet you got to. I've you know gone out with like a much richer girl, but then they see your mom and your car, and what do they got to do to get the car started? They got to push start the car they in pop Encino. the clutch, and they let Ali do it, and their parents are just like they're. In the, <laughs> They're just leaving the club. They got their tennis outfit yes, on. They're just right. like big eye roll sigh. Yeah. Like, uh, and you can see when Daniel gets out of the car, he's just beside himself. Well, you'd imagine the parents are just thinking, this is a phase. Yeah. So what, Ali will go slumming tonight. Yeah. You know, yes, exactly. That's all it is. It's that one-off date. But I understand because I personally have always dated up. Yeah. yeah. So believe me, I know. Good job. Good job. <laughs> So Daniel meets the parents, and much like Seven Seas, I've driven by the house, still stands in Encino Hills, mm -hmm. still is beautiful, and it's right there. I mean, you, I mean I've, I've stopped twice and taken a couple photos of it. So I wonder if that happens to them all the time, like the Brady Bunch house. The Brady Bunch house is over here in Studio City. Yep. Well, they sold I, that recently, right? They did sell it recently, I think. Or they have, we're going to make a reality show about it. But, you know, you have these iconic houses. Well, that's more iconic because that's the Brady Bunch house. Well, if you're a fan of the movie Karate Kid. But you never, I mean, as much as I liked it, it's not like we ever went in Allie's house. 
No, okay. so it's it just me. It's, it's that. It's a really that scene. Sure. That scene is what you're remembering. Yeah. Oh, right here, and they pulled away. It's cool, yeah. but Brady Bunch is a whole. I mean, how many scenes went on? And I'm assuming they shot on. Maybe they had. Brady no, Bunch. The, the Brady Bunch was only used. The house is only exterior. Used for the exterior. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But still, that shows so. I'm dark. trying to bring up the Seven Seas apartment and Allie's house to the level of Amityville house or Brady Bunch house. <laughs> I like that. All right, let's get it up there. So anyway, I drove by. Go check it out. Don't knock on the door. Just drive by. But it's beautiful. Is Allie here? Yeah. Hey, got popped the clutch. <laughs> so great times on their date at golf and stuff, which I've actually been wanting to visit. And it is out in... Norwalk. Norwalk. It's away. Is it still there? It's there. Water slide and all? Great reviews. Oh my gosh, I never knew. Because, you know, going back to a little bit of San Fernando Valley history, we in the San Fernando Valley had not one, but two water slides. We had a water slide on Whitsitt and Van Owen. We had a water slide in Northridge on Nordoff near Tampa, between Corbin and Tampa. We had two water slides here. So here in the Karate Kid. (laughs) That would be funny. Here in the Karate Kid, we have a water slide, and it's still standing today in Norwalk. And it gets great reviews. That's fantastic. I was going to go on a date there recently at the Putt-and-Putt just to try it out. That's fantastic. I would totally go. Because you know why? Maybe I don't want to spend all the money for Hurricane Harbor or Soak City. Oh. I want to pay, you know, $10, $15 instead. We should have a podcast outing. That would be fun. I'll go on a water slide today. Totally. Well, I wasn't going to do the water slide. I just want to go on the arcade. I'm an arcade junkie. Okay. Give me Miss Pac-Man. All right. So... Are they have pinball machines there? They probably don't have They're the classic games. You know, yeah. they opened up a pinball place over here in Lancashire. I believe it. Yeah, right over here in Lancashire. Arcades are uh, thriving. $10 for one hour unlimited play of pinball machines. Well, there is a barcade downtown named 82 Goodyear. And they have classic games and pinball. I like it. And that. I've, loved, I've taken much? my quarters. Oh, quarters. I like it. It's Quarter play. By the hour. And the beers are great. And I've taken my Fantastic. soccer team there before. And we... and. I had the record for Pac-Man that night. It was over 100,000. Oh. Miss Pac-Man. It's a sped up version. Mm. You know, it's well, like, Miss Pac-Man is faster than Pac-Man. Well, no, this is like a new sped up version. She's moving triple time. Wow. You got to move faster. But I'm at screens I've never made it to as a 12-year-old. Okay. So. so 11-year-old me is looking, saying, hey, well done, sir. Since we're bragging, I can flip Galaga. I'll have you know. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> Okay, so great time at the arcade. Yeah, they're having a nice date. Great date. Yeah. And then the end of the day, Cobra Kai comes rolling up, although they're kind of cool. They say, hey, Allie, you can bring your friend with you. And then Miss LaRusso rolls up in the frame, and they're like, like your car, Mrs. LaRusso. And Daniel's just like not happy. And now he's got this horrible mood going and that's how the date ends okay well that moment where they roll up and then they say to Allie you can bring your friend yeah that was a weird moment I'm thinking what are they doing here they were following their sensei's orders yes but I mean you don't think they were gonna no I don't think the do way anything, they they just anything? wanted to hang out with Allie and they were just gonna kind of go along with it okay also could have changed history he could have been a member of Cobra it, yeah, yeah I keep waiting for that I want to change history history revisited you made me see these fine lines between Daniel becoming a Cobra Kai I never thought of that before yeah when he goes to the dojo the first time this time he could have jumped in the car with Allie everybody could have hey Daniel's feet. cool yeah you know could have happened at this point they could see Wow, Daniel might actually be a good Cobra Kai. Exactly. Yeah. This guy's willing to stand up for himself. He's willing to fight. There's nothing like playing. So I'm playing competitive soccer leagues. And when I see a great player we go against, I admire that. 
But if that player ever wants to be part of our team, I am the first to bring a great player in the fold. Sure. Because a great player will find his way onto your team and he'll fit in because that's what great players do. And so they're loyal, but usually you want to go, you want them in your foxhole. So yeah, Daniel and Johnny probably get along very well in the Cobra Kai, you know, reality. But we wouldn't have a movie. We wouldn't have a million spinoffs or sequels and whatnot. In fact, I'm kind of thinking Daniel getting into Cobra Kai, what do they call it? Usurp, unsurp? Yeah. Johnny. Johnny. Wow. And they both could just talk about Allie. Well, we can get into another. uh... So cut to Daniel's back at Mr. Miyagi's house, second day of training. Today, sanding lessons. Mm -hmm. Right the circle, left the circle, the whole porch. And his deck is massive. Yes. Beautiful. Different layers and, you know, well-constructed. So... Daniel didn't really fight this second time. He's not that upset. He's well, he go. starts joking when he gets the Sanders. He starts with Hare Krishna. That's he right. He starts being that's a jokester. Right. Yeah. Oh, and that's when uh, Mr. Miyagi says, Daniel son, always much humor. That's right. So then he, that's when he t- teaches them, right, sand. What's the sand? Because we had wax on, wax off. It's What's right the, the circle, left the circle. Okay, there we go. Right the circle, left the circle. Breathe in, breathe, breathe out. out. I love how Mr. Miyagi just keeps saying it as he just fades out. He always lets Daniel just work on his own, which is great. When Mr. Miyagi retires to his place and Daniel's out there working, I always wonder what he's doing in there. Was he Somet- watching TV? What's he doing? No, I don't think he has a TV. Sometimes he was uh, meditating. Okay. Yes. Sometimes he goes fishing, which we'll get okay. to. Yes. And sometimes he gets drunk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the trifecta. Not a bad life. <laughs> no, he's got a guy out there working, learning karate. So, okay, next day, Daniel does the impossible. What does he do? You lost me. He snags a fly with the chopsticks. Oh, yes. Yes. As soon as he walks in, Mr. Miyagi's back at it, and you knew it was going to happen. Wait, hang on. Let's back up one second. Oh, yeah. Because there's a, a moment in time after he finishes with the with the deck yep. and it's nightfall yep and mr miyagi i think comes out picking his That's teeth right. like he just had a nice meal right correct and daniel's like oh my shoulder right he's complaining and then Mr. Miyagi says, come back tomorrow, 6 a.m. Yeah. And that's when Daniel goes, what the hell am i doing you can tell he's thinking what are we doing right what am i doing here and then he shows up at 6 a.m. pretty much Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, I was surprised. After the night before, he seemed downright pissed. But that's when he shows up then at 6 a.m., and Mr. Miyagi is then at that moment trying to catch the fly with the chopstick, yes? Yes. This is the third day. The point of him catching the fly was that he can do the impossible. He can do anything now. I guess that's what he says. The first time we see Mr. Miyagi try to catch a fly, and Daniel questions him, Mr. Miyagi says, He who catch fly with chopstick accomplish anything. Talk about a foreshadow. This is starting to make more sense to me now. So then when Daniel does, does it. it beginner, beginner's luck. Yeah, but we, as the viewer, should know, he who catches fly with chopstick accomplish anything. So, so we that, should then know, okay, he's going to victory. I figured he's at least going to represent himself well in the tournament. Yeah. But I don't know about beating all of them. But you're right. Or get the girl, right? Yeah. I guess he's kind of already got the girl. Just don't screw it up. So, so this lesson this day is paint the fence. Yes. Both sides, big board right hand, small board left hand, up, down. Mm-hmm. And you got to hold that pot, you know, wrist, that, that pose. Yes. It's a lot. And then, of course, Mr. Miyagi retires yeah. and 
All three days of training have gone into the evening. Yes. Daniel is tired. He's sore. Yeah. But he's got good spirits, mm-hmm. you know. So he comes in the fourth day of training now. We're cutting to the fourth day in a row. This begs the question. This is not Christmas break. Four days in a row would mean somebody's missing some school. <laughs> Where is the truant officer all of a sudden? I mean, he is literally just going in and skipping school. Okay, hang on. Maybe oh, yeah. this happened over Thanksgiving break. Oh, you know what? I guess Thanksgiving it could be. The tournament is the <laughs> maybe, 19th. Maybe. I'm just trying to make sense of it. All right. Yeah, I'll give you, you that. Have a four I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay, so over Because I was starting to really get worried. Okay, you're right. Good over Thanksgiving weekend. That's a good point. <laughs> That's when you have four days spare. Oh, Miyagi's a good scheduler. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the paint ready. He knew. So, In for- fact, we could maybe deduce that Miyagi was looking for a, a Danielson nice. prior sure. to meeting Danielson. Or how many Danielsons has he had? <laughs> This is the fourth how many runs in how many run-ins does he have with the Cobra Kai's over the years? Crease uh, is like Miyagi, you again, another one of your kids. Freddie was his first. Yeah, exactly. Freddie was the original credit kid. That's hilarious. So alright, so we go to this day. Daniel shows up. Miyagi's gone. There's a note on yes, the house. Yes. And this is when he loses it. Mm-hmm. No, it's like gone fishing. I don't know. Does it say fishing? I think it says gone fishing. Gone paint fishing. House. Paint house tells him how to do it. Yes. Side to side strokes. Yes. Side to side. And it's green paint. Has little arrows. Little arrows. And I believe Daniel crumples it up, throws it, and he's mad. But then he does it. But he does it. Yes. Because he he made it. He made an oath, a vow. He vowed himself to follow uh, Mr. Miyagi's rules. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's late in the evening. He's nearly done. There's like a little patch he's finishing, and Miyagi shows up mm-hmm. and lets him know that he was fishing, and ha- Daniel just blows up. Well, it's, no, but before that, though, Mr. Miyagi says something like, you missed a spot. That's right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. He's not done. And so he confronts him. He lets him have it. Mr. Miyagi listens, and they're arguing, but Daniel's got a real sore shoulder, to, mm-hmm. and Mr. Miyagi wants him to finish. So what do we see here? That's where he does the famous hand rubbing. Hang on, let's see if I can duplicate the sound. That's it. Well, I think he, I think he does this first, though. He does a clap. He does that in a tournament for sure. Okay, he does a clap and then. But his hands yeah. get much hotter than ours <laughs> yeah. because it's like superpowers. Yeah. And he feels better, Daniel. Yeah. And some sort of acupressure, acu heat, acu heat. Yeah. Miyagi heat, and then comes what I like to call the Kaiser Sose moment mm-hmm. when. Daniel's losing his mind. Mm-hmm. Miyagi brings him over and has him run through everything. Yeah. And it just speeds into this wonderful exchange that he's realizing all this muscle memory. He's kind of like Jason Bourne. Yes. I know how to do all these things yes. all of a sudden. Yes. How did I do that? Show me paint the fence. And, and Show yeah. me wax on, wax off. A couple of times are clunky because he goes to bend down and he's like, yeah. Eh. He's like, no. But when he got through it, they worked on that. It was really a good exchange. Yeah. And then you knew, like, as an audience, it crystallized, like, oh my gosh, he's really picking some things up. This is actually working. And well, that's where the how comes in, where you go, oh, this is why he did all that. It, well, exactly. This is why he had. So Kaiser Sose from Usual yeah. Suspects. Yeah. It all fell into place. Yeah. So next day, more training. We're at the ocean. Okay. He takes so again. This is before the, the the canoe on the lake. This is that day. 
Okay, same thing. First time he gets him out there in the waves, and oh, Mr. Miyagi's yeah, on the craning, yes. and then he's on the edge of the boat, which now oh, we're five okay. days in a row, so I guess maybe Thanksgiving break, but I'm still <laughs> questioning school, and we're not seeing his mother in, like, forever. Oh, she's, so, she's doing overtime at the restaurant, I she, guess. Totally. Orient Express. He's doing some water balancing in the ocean, trying to stand up with waves crashing on him, and as they leave the ocean for the first time, they run into a couple of... Yahoo. Yeah, they're called Yahoos. Now, they who the hell these guys are drinking beer at Miyagi's car and resting their beer bottles on his car, on his classic car. Who does this? And obviously, it's a very racially charged scene. Yeah. They're making fun of him. Well, one of those guys, Yahoo number 1, was Larry Drake. Now, Larry Drake was in LA Law. Yes. He played Dark Man. Okay. And he played Dr. Giggles. Okay. He grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He went to my high school, Edison Senior High. He was the commencement speaker at my graduation. Yeah. This is years before that, though. Yeah. So I'm like, who is this guy? But that's who he went on to be. He actually has passed away as well, okay. which is another rest in peace. But uh, he played a real jerk in this role. Yeah. I didn't recognize him at that moment. Because I, I know who you're talking about. When you see it again, him. when you watch him again, you, you'd see Was it. he on the left or the right? He's Yahoo number one. Okay. He had the most lines. Okay, it's the guy on the right. Yeah. In fact, the guy on the left, I don't even know if he had any lines. No, it probably could have been one Yahoo, but it would have been weird to have one guy. Yeah. So, he could have had a dog. Like a guy and a dog drinking beer. So, Miyagi comes over and does an impossible bottle trick, I think. Yeah. What does he do? He karate... It's not a karate chop, but a karate slice because he goes horizontal. But he does a palm up horizontal slice across four bottles... That end up staying on the car, and then he slices through these bottles. And, and knocks the tops off. Knocks the top off, but and the not bottles the, not the top, but like the top glass. The top, the, the skinny part of the bottle, he knocks off, leaves the broad part of the bottle sitting there. Sal, so I think this is impossible. I think it's impossible even if you had the sharpest sword in the world. It would be impossible. Okay. I did actually see a guy on YouTube do this, and now that I'm thinking about it, maybe he got the idea from Karate Kid. I did see a guy who made swords, so I follow this YouTube video of how he's making the sword, and then at the end, he does do that with the sword with these bottles. So yeah, can you do it with your hand? But the bottles would have to be held down. Yeah, secured down. I'm not even doubting that Miyagi of someone of that elk could do it. I'm saying maybe there's someone out there, but you got to hold the bottles down. Yeah. He's got to hit it so clean. Well, he'd have to have a razor on the side of his hand. And even then, they're not secured. Yeah. It was impressive, sure. It would have been equally impressive if he just sliced them all and they broke and it blew up. Now, okay, wait a second, though. If you're going to say that's impossible, why isn't (laughs) Pat Morita... Pat Noriyuki Morita. That's right. Was 52 years old when he took this role on. Do you think it's impossible for a 52-year-old guy to beat up six teenage martial artists? No. Not impossible. Not impossible. Okay. Yet the bottle will you consider to be impossible. Yes. Okay. All right. Physics. Okay. Got yeah, it. I don't believe it. Got it. Okay. So that But as a kid, sense. I didn't didn't mind. How about this? Throw the bottle up, slice it midair. Would love that. That could have been possible. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was just the fact that they stayed there because I almost I watched it again today and you see him kind of like being held somehow. Yeah, like, okay. eh. Anyway, he scares the Yahoos, impresses Daniel, yes. and impresses himself. Sure. Yeah, because because Daniel says something like, "How did you know that you can do that? Or have you ever done that before?" First time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So he'd never done that before. So 
Cut to more training at the ocean, this time balancing on the boat until Miyagi dumps him in the water. Oh, yeah. So this is the first time he was on the boat, on the edge of the boat. So next we're off to the Encino Oaks Country Club. Yeah. So Daniel's going to go meet with Allie. Odd for him to meet Allie at the country club. Could have just met her anywhere but the country club. But he's going to go there. Johnny sees him in the kitchen because for some reason, oh, she was going to meet Daniel out front. He got tired of waiting. She got held up. So he went inside through the kitchen. Okay. Daniel. And he was peeking through the restaurant window. I was curious why he went through the kitchen. He was an invited guest then, I take it, was he? No, he was going to meet her out front. Okay, he wasn't an invited guest. So he just popped Black in. Tie, right? Yeah, so he had none of the attire. So Johnny, of course, Cobra Kai instincts, spots him yeah. looking in yes. and lays one on Allie yes. to make it look like... Like they're making out. We're making out like old school, yes. you know, the old days. Daniel looks through these, you know, swing doors of the kitchen, through the window, sees Johnny totally making out with Allie. Or kissing once. Well, from his perspective, it looks like they're making out. Yeah. And then he runs off before she pushes, has a chance to push Johnny away. Well, when he runs off, what's he do? Oh, he runs into a waiter and knocks over like this whole giant plate of spaghetti or something. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Exactly. So he's mortified. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because everybody, like the whole place yeah. stops and sees It's one of those moment. classic 80s movie scenes yeah. where the whole, all the, uh, you know, the rich country club. It was very Caddyshack. The, sure. the snobberies yeah. saw him wipe out and laughed at him. Sure. And Ali was There's Reseda boy again. There he is. Ali, you're not still seeing that boy, are you? <laughs> so Daniel is embarrassed, runs off, and takes refuge at Mr. Miyagi's, mm. who is in full military gear, mm. and he's drunk. Okay. So he was having a night in. Yes. Doing his own thing. Yes. We learned some things this evening, such as how Mr. Miyagi lost his wife yes. and newborn child. Yes. And it was in childbirth. Yes. His wife died during childbirth. So and his son was born. It was a newborn was newborn son. So then what happened to the son? They both died. It was, I guess, newborn, and then there was, a, there was a problem, and they lost them both. They both died at birth. Yes. Her birth and the baby, the baby died too. How does that happen? You talk about the bottles being yeah, flushed. I, I thought it was unborn, and then hearing it today, they said newborn. And, he, and so... Mr. Miyagi doesn't tell Daniel. Daniel reads, reads this in the paper. Because, yes. Which the paper probably would be in Japanese, but it was in English for Daniel's sake. And so... Well, from a lot of the trivia I've been looking up, Mr. Miyagi was in the Japanese division of the U.S. Army. Oh, okay. So, hey, I stand corrected. Yeah. So he reads that. We can see it had this permanent hole in Mr. Miyagi. Oh, sure. Which he's never, as far as we know, married anyone else. No. Never had children. Yeah. So this, this bond between him and Daniel is, is as special to him as it is to Daniel. Yeah. And a kind of a touching scene. And it's nice to see that Mr. Miyagi's vulnerable. He is a regular man. It's a regular man. A regular man who happens to be a karate master. Also, though, you, you bring up... Who happens to be a maintenance man. <laughs> yes. And a collector of cars. <laughs> we hear no mention ever of Daniel's father, right? There is no Daniel's father. We would have to go back to those New Jersey scenes and see if something is said. They're just taken off in the car. You know what? It's a question for Ralph Macchio. Yeah, I don't think there's any reference to a father. So either there's never been a father or they're divorced or whatever. Yeah, we, I mean, there was a father at some point. At some point. But yeah. we don't Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. And well, so he's carrying that around, too. That's sure. a lot of baggage. Sure. You know. Okay, yeah. So there is that bonding, and it's very tender and sweet. 
Daniel puts Mr. Miyagi on his bed, puts a blanket over him. Yep. That's when he sees the medals. That's when he reads about. Right. That's when it starts to make sense. He starts to know more about Mr. Miyagi because we don't we don't know much about Mr. Miyagi prior to this. So that's where we realize since World War II, he's literally grieving a deceased wife and child, which mm-hmm. is. How much more heartbreaking can you get, you know? And he built this incredible place just for himself. You know, he's pretty lonely. Yeah. So I can see why he spends time at the complex. He's carving pumpkins. What we don't know is Mr. Miyagi probably has a bond with other families inside that complex. Mm, interesting. You know, he they've probably been there forever. Yeah. You know, seven He probably has helped Freddie with his bicycle. Yeah. Totally. That old lady, the dog, he's probably that guy and that's his family. But Daniel needed more help than most. Yeah. They owe this bond to Cobra Kai. <laughs> Were Cobra, it not for Cobra, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai has a lot to do with this happening. So in other words, maybe Cobra Kai is not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so back to training. Daniel this time is alone. He's taken the initiative and he's working on the crane kick. Mm-hmm. He's in the boat by himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe maybe Mr. Miyagi's around, but Daniel has stepped up his game because it's all starting to happen. Yeah. But I was even watching this thinking, he hasn't sparred with anybody yet. No. It's a lot of karate. Nor has he worked in any defense. Exactly. Yeah. So. Well, I don't know. No, no, no. You can say that the wax on, wax off. It's defensive. It is defensive, yeah. But in the next scene, Mr. Miyagi's teaching him the one-inch punch. Yeah. And he's got the baseball thing That's on. That's when they're field next to the lake. Exactly. Which I think is a Bruce Lee thing, if I'm not mistaken. Well, the one-inch punch, I think, was was Bruce Lee. Which, who, who was amazing. Yeah. And so... And there's a little bit of, uh, finally, he's punching something, not just air, because Mr. Miyagi's wearing, like, the catcher's protective gear, yes. and he's hitting him, he's got the mask on, Yeah. and that was nice to see. Like, yeah. it, was a, it was a beautiful shot. You got the car, yeah. you got the sunset, you have the lake and the, yeah. and the field. It's a nice shot. And then Daniel starts being silly. Yeah. And starts dancing and shifting his feet around like he's yeah. a boxer in the like ring. he's Muhammad Ali or something, yeah. or Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah, he starts being kind of silly. And then doesn't Mr. Miyagi take him down? Takes him down. He takes him down and tells him to yeah, knock yeah. it off. <laughs> knock it off. Dennison. So cut to, it's Daniel's birthday. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Miyagi can do any and everything. So he bakes a great cake. <laughs> He's got two presents. Yeah. The second present. I mean, well, actually, they're both really cool. But especially the second present, of course. Well, yeah. So the first present is an amazing gi that's not ho- it's not homemade. It was handed down. It was yes. like, it was Mr. Miyagi's gi. Yes. So he gets a beautiful gi. And Pat Morita actually designed the emblem. Oh, he did. Yeah, designed the emblem that. on the gi. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, well, well done, sir. So I was thinking during all this training, schoolwork, avoiding Cobra Kai, and plus alley time, Daniel. Managed to get his driver's license. Yes, that's where he displays. Yeah, he has it yeah. I, off camera, of course. Mm-hmm. And I guess he's been driving Mr. Miyagi around so much, he probably got good at stuff. Yeah. So he has his license. Yes. But it clicks in Daniel's mind. Oh my gosh, my mother's making me a special cake. Yeah. His second birthday cake. I've yeah. got to get out of here. Yeah. I just remembered. Sure. So he's in a hurry to leave, and he's got one cake there, and Mr. Miyagi has the second gift. Yeah. And the second gift is where he takes him out shows him the four cars and says to Daniel, choose. And there's keys in all of them. Yeah. So he gives Daniel the choice of all the cars. And of course, Daniel chooses the cars. Any high school kid, probably most guys would choose. And that is the cool convertible, which happens to be a 1948 Ford Super Deluxe. And I stress the word super because the car from Greece that they use in the greased lightning scene is a 1948 D 
deluxe, not super deluxe. These are the little things I always look at. So why don't you tell us what we're looking at here? Well, what I have in my collection, because I'm a toy collector, is I have a Hot Wheels, the Karate Kid, yellow 1948 Ford Super Deluxe, a replica from the movie. And that's what had me to then discover that this same car was used in Greece and Back to the Future, Biff's car. Was his a Super Deluxe? That was a 1946 Super Deluxe. 46. Yeah. The Biff car from Back to the Future, where the manure comes. Yeah, the manure comes in. Yeah. That was a 1946 Ford Super Deluxe. The Grease Lightning car was a 1948 Ford Deluxe. So on that note, sticking with 1948. So this is the only one of these. Well, this car, the 1948 Ford Super Deluxe from the Karate Kid, is more Grease Lightning than Grease Grease Lightning. Lightning. Well done, sir. That's pretty fantastic. This is a great thing, by the way. It's Hot Wheels. It's unopened, of course. And, <laughs> of and, course. And the uh, background is the crane. This is like some of the merch that really existed. Yeah, this is Daniel's son doing the crane on the wooden post It's a beautiful at background. But this is a new item. This is from 2014. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is not vintage. Okay. No, this is from 2014. It had me. Hot Wheels came out with all kinds of recent cars. Christine, I got a little Christine oh, from the movie no. Christine, Stephen King. I got the grease car. Okay. I was going to get the Biff car from Back to the Future, but it doesn't look like manure. You know what it looks like when they recreated Oh, they put it? manure on there? They put manure on the Biff car. Is Biff in it? I don't know why they did that, because it doesn't even look like manure. You shouldn't it looks like, do that. Looks they, like just, like, they don't have Danielson in there. No. That's weird. Yeah, it is kind of weird. The Biff you, car you has manure. You might as well stick Allie in there. And that would be cool. But yeah, you can go ahead and get a Hot Wheels by Mattel. The Karate Kid 1948 Ford Super Deluxe car looks just like in the movie. And I'm proud to own it. So when that movie came out and he chose that car, I remember thinking, yes, that's a great car. However, when I watch it now, I got my eyes on that black car. Which one was the black car? Uh, It's really styling. Really? There's a couple. What's so easy to look now, I'm looking past what I know. Okay, so you wouldn't have chosen this car? At the time, yes. Yes. Now, something else. Really? I've got my eyes on a couple of those other cars. When you watch it again, look at, because you're looking past those now. Yeah. So there's a there's a couple styling cars. Interesting. Whatever, Mr. Miyagi's got good taste. He gives him a car. Just Nobody's a ever car. given me a car. My own parents never gave me a car. Not, not, didn't give him some old Honda Accord. Gave him a collector's eye. Yeah. And then what does he do? He hops in the car, drives to golf and stuff. Was it, so? Well, right. He's supposed to go see his mom about this birthday. Yes. Cake. What happened with that? <laughs> so maybe it was off camera. That's right. He said, I got to rush off because my mother has something. I, and I, over, I oversaw her making a cake. It was, I think he, I hope, he went by, saw mom off camera. Yeah. Because, you know, maybe they shot it and then he goes to golf and stuff. Let's hope. Otherwise, he dissed his mother. Well, his mom disappears for a big chunk of the movie. She yeah. comes back in the tournament, but she's gone. So are Seven Seas. Yeah. So. Freddie's out of the movie at the beach, right? We don't see him again, do we? No. Wait. No. I think he's at the tournament. Freddy's at the tournament? He's at the tournament. I've totally forgot about He's there. Yeah. All of a sudden, he wants to get his autograph. No, I will show you. He's at the tournament. So, you're right. So, he's off. He's doing bonsai. Yeah. That's why I say bonsai. 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 He goes to golf and stuff, and he really has to win Allie back, because she's really kind of fed up with Daniel at this point. Yeah. She's kind of fed up with his tantrums, him running off all the time, him starting stuff. Yeah. Like at like at like at the dance when he dresses the shower, he instigated that night, and he tried to be mad at her for what he didn't know happened at the country club. Yeah, and one of her friends tells him. One of her friends says, "Hey, you didn't see the punch." Exactly. That's right. So so the friend explained to Daniel. Yep. 
that she pushed him away and punched him. Daniel didn't see that. That's when he goes over to try to make up with Allie. And he does. they do make up pretty They make quickly. up because they go off in his car. Yeah. He lets her drive his car. That I thought was an odd choice. was. <laughs> he really got some points there. I never let no woman drive my ride. Not a grease lightning. Yeah, that was interesting that he had her drive. But hey, she knows how to drive stick. She popped the clutch, remember? Is that stick? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, so they drive off. And so now it's here. It is the big day. And Daniel is a black belt. But how did he get his black belt? Well, you're talking about how they got to the tournament. They got to the tournament, right? They get to the tournament. They're signing in at the registration desk. And I guess they have a prerequisite. The guy's like, oh, what belt is your student? And then Mr. Miyagi lies, right? Doesn't he officially lie? Yeah, not good planning on Mr. Miyagi's part here, not to have a belt. They're kind of sneaking him into the tournament, sort of. Yeah. And then Mr. Miyagi says black belt. And then he leans in, distracts the guy at the desk who's signing them in. He has Allie kind of, oh, doesn't he have Allie grab something he he steals a black belt he steals a black belt out of a bag and then hands it to Allie that's what happens yeah. okay so he grabs Allie's hand distracts the guy hands Allie the belt stolen right out of the guy's bag Allie takes the belt gives it to Daniel Daniel puts it on in the locker room I mean it's a ninja move for sure it's total ninja but at the same time I'm thinking check out Mr. Miyagi yeah. he's doing some scandalous meanwhile stuff. that guy has a fight in a little while oh, he's probably not fighting that guy's pretty badass that guy's probably just an overseer but he's got yeah. no belt no. That sucks. No, Mr. Miyagi stole his belt. Although a guy like that probably has a second belt. Sure. That guy probably Well, has. the belt is just symbolic. You might have 10 at home, but yeah. the point is, yeah, when, when Mr. Miyagi did that, yeah. you know, characters in movies or TV, they'll do something where you start to second guess who they are. Yeah. So you start to think, yeah, he's not Mr. Saint Innocent for sure. You could paint a different picture if you saw him drunk and saw him taking advantage <laughs> of Daniel and yeah, you, and, and hitting the beer bottles. You may have a different image of Mr. Miyagi. You could make a trailer yeah, you really could. of the Karate Kid that shows Mr. Totally. Miyagi's a bad guy. And Kreese is a good guy. Kreese is a good guy. Johnny's well, a good guy. Well, there's probably not a footage of Kreese being very good, but Johnny <laughs> maybe. So we're at the tournament. All roads have led to the All-Valley Tournament. And I'm thinking, based on what's occurred, based on my experience of living in the San Fernando Valley, I'm thinking this tournament tournament happens in Northridge. Northridge is probably a good spot. Tarzana. I'm thinking it's somewhere going to be West Valley. I'm not thinking this tournament is going to take place in the East Valley, North Hollywood. No. Van Sherman Oaks. No. No. no this is no. happening West Valley. I think it was also once called Deep Valley. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking Tarzana, Northridge, maybe Chatsworth. Well, it was filmed at a school, so we, should, we could look it up. Oh, I, I it, it was Northridge. It was at, at CSUN. Oh, yeah. CSUN. Okay, yeah. Well, I don't, they don't mention it in the movie, no. but the location was Cal State University Northridge yeah, in Northridge. That's or, correct. And that was pre-earthquake. The earthquake was 94. Yeah, 94 okay. Northridge earthquake. Yeah, so this was pre-earthquake. Okay. So... We're at the tournament, and as we're walking through, and, and Daniel's putting his belt on. Well, first of all, the Cobra Kai's giving crap backstage, but uh, that's broken up pretty quickly. In the locker room. In the locker room. The Cobra Kai comes in to intimidate, yep. and I think it's the referee. Referee comes, who comes in. comes in to say, hey. He says, hey, what the heck? And it wasn't even Johnny. It was really Dutch was kind of leading the effort. He's yeah. also just a really bad guy. Yeah. And so, but as we're walking through the tournament, Mr. Miyagi has to kind of pull a fast one again because they don't let anyone on the mat. And remember, he pretended he couldn't speak. Yes. And Ali was, was the, the interpreter, yes. interpreter, translator. Yes. And they tricked him, and then they get to stay. But Ali also knows the rules. Mm-hmm. And she clearly tells Daniel, 
you know, headshots are legal at one point and, mm-hmm. and kind of gives them the breakdown of the body. However, we go on to see a lot of headshots get deductions. Yes. And and so there is a little bit of controversy there. If you're watching yeah. the tournament, you're seeing some not count, and which kind of leads to the crane kick as well. Was it legal, not legal? From what I've read, some karate experts have said that were it le- a legitimate tournament and Daniel were to do the crane kick, that he would have been disqualified. Yes. I've heard that too. So in other words, what we're finding out is that the crane kick then would have been as impossible to win by as it is to slice bottles on a car. I still think slicing bottles is more (laughs) unbelievable. However, after all that Daniel went through with the DQs and the takedowns of his legs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think allowing him to have that moment and and Johnny had come. Well, we're way ahead of ourselves. We're way ahead. We're, We're getting there. So cut to... Cut to the montage of the tournament happening. Right. Well, right when the montage is happening, I noticed this earlier. Daniel is in his first battle, first fight, which is a little overwhelming. He's a little rusty. He's, yes, he's yes. getting pushed out of the ring. He's pushed out of bounds, and they warn him one more out yeah. of bounds. He's out of his element. Like you said, we never saw him spar anymore. Never. So this is like he's got to catch up with this very quickly and get the speed down. And... He gets a point. He scores a point with like a reverse or some sort of, of hit. We heard Ali say, you're the best. And I swear that's when they cue up the infamous Joe Esposito song, You're the Best. And we go into this incredible montage. And that song immediately becomes iconic. Yeah. But we have some backstory on this song. The backstory, I believe, of the You're the Best song is that that song was going to be used in Rocky Three, I believe. It was created for Rocky Three. It was created for Rocky Three. And it was replaced by... Replaced by Survivor's Eye of the Tiger. Exactly. So then they decided to then use the song for the Karate Kid. Well, no, no, no. There's another one. Oh. So that was the first. Yes. And then they considered it for Flashdance. Oh, wow. I never And then that. it became Maniac. Oh, wow. So this song has been bumped now twice until it finally landed in Karate Kid. Also, the 80s had an embarrassment of riches of like hit soundtrack songs. Sure. And this song's just floating around. I mean, yeah, it's an incredible song. Could have worked in so many movies. Sure. You know, well, look at like a Top Gun, you know. How many Kenny Loggins songs did he? Yeah, that was Kenny Loggins. Sure. Highway to the danger zone. He also did Caddyshack. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of good songs over the top. Out. In fact, would you say that more good songs came out of '80s movies than '90s movies? I can barely remember any songs out of '90s movies. Yeah, that came from the movie. Yeah, I'd probably '80s. Yeah. So this montage is going on for a while. Yeah. In a fight tournament or any tournament, you will fight multiple times in a night. Yeah, exactly. You got four or five fights to get there because he's yeah. again. A lot of times, it's only two points you win, three points you win. It's yeah. over. Yeah. I remember being in them, and it's more your own adrenaline is cranking, and that fight didn't last that long. Sure. This isn't a boxing match that's going 12 grueling rounds, sure. and you're slugging it out. Yeah, it's a point it's system. not that. You're going for points. And you've got to stay fresh, and you're young, and, and there's some good fighting in this sequence. Yeah. You're seeing, I, I think you're seeing real black belts Well, one of those it. guys, definitely tournament semifinalist, Daryl Vidal. Oh, he's great. Yeah, he really was kicking butt. Yes. And even Dutch, you could tell... You know, you can separate the men from the boys. I mean, yes, Daniel did great, as did Johnny, but those other guys are doing those really big kicks yeah. and, and sweeping moves, and they're losing because they have to. Sure. But they're You dynamic. could tell that they actually had some real legit 
martial arts experience. Yeah, it was a really well done tournament. And I like the whole look and feel of it. I'd never seen a cry tournament at that point in time in my yeah. life. And, they, and the board in the background, I'd never been to one that had a board like that. Yeah. That was nice to see. It was almost like a golf board. Yeah. You kept moving up and seeing LaRusso move up to mm-hmm. take the Cobra Kai's. And the way Kreese was increasingly mad. Oh, yeah. As you saw, like, Cobra Kai after Cobra Kai. Not necessarily lose to Daniel, but just getting bested elsewhere. Yes. Or sometimes it's Cobra Kai on Cobra Kai. Yes. It happens. Sure. Well, you, what you start to see is Kreese become frustrated. Yes. And that's when he starts to say, "Let's, we're going to start uh, playing dirty. Yeah. I remember being in a tournament and making it to the finals, and I had to fight my own guy, my own wild bunch guy. And much like in sports, whatever, I want to win. Sure. But it was also a little like, oh, you know, I, I was hoping I would fight another guy. Sure. It was like seriously a karate kid moment. And it was 2-2, and we both went in, and I lost. So. Were you guys still friends after that? No, I hate that guy. <laughs> yes, of course, we're friends. We had to drive home together. So I had the second place and he had the first place trophy. Okay. So we are at the tournament and You're the Best is playing. Great song. And Daniel's moving through the ranks. Wait, You're the Best is playing at this moment in time before the locker room? Yeah. Okay, I thought it plays after. No, it doesn't play in the end. Remember that? Yeah, That's a score. Okay. It's that early montage when he just gets his footing. Okay. And the, and the tournament's cruising along. All right. So we are listening to You're the Best, and the, it helps us kind of get through the early parts of the tournament. Okay. You know, Cobra Kai on Cobra Kai, yes. some really good martial artists, and Daniel's understanding his way. And along that journey, he's winning a few too many matches for Kreese, the Cobra Kai sensei. Yeah. So he orders Bobby to... Finish him? It's not, it's not finish him. Put him down? What is he Put saying? him down. Put him down. So, and he goes, but I can win this. So basically, DQ yourself for the team. Yeah. And so he does. So in other words, Kreese wants to punish Daniel. He doesn't want to take any chances. Yeah. And so he does, instructs Bobby to... Who Bobby's proved himself throughout the film to... Yes, he's a Cobra Kai, but he's also showed mercy every yeah. now and again. And he takes Daniel down. Yeah. And, and he gets disqualified. And he gets DQ'd, but he immediately runs over and apologizes. Yeah, as soon as he takes him down and Daniel's there writhing in pain, he runs over to him. He says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He felt for him, but he followed the commands of his sensei. So, yes, he did that. And Daniel looks like he's done. In fact, they brought a house doctor. With, With a white coat and everything. White coat. He's in the locker room. And yeah, two officials standing over two, him. Uh, with shirts that said official. <laughs> and his mother and his uh, girlfriend, Allie, and Mr. Miyagi. All yes. you're missing is a, is a priest. Yeah. And he's so out of there. He's done. And the doctor says, I'll go report this to everybody that, you know, sorry, kid. Yeah. Next time. So the doctor goes off to tell the tournament officials that Daniel LaRusso's done. And, and uh, that's when they're going to start handing out the, the oh, trophy. Oh, yeah, the trophy's going to Johnny. Yes. DQ, here you go. Four, four foot, I guess that's what it would be. Yeah. Not DQ. And the presenter's great, Tex. He's got a little, you know, Western outfit on. Yeah. And so Daniel does not want to hear it. He, he shoes his mother and Ali away. And Mr. Miyagi looks into his eyes and then performs the Miyagi magic. And he does that. But we don't see it, though. We cut away. Yeah, We know what happens. We know what happens. He does the the warm hands on his knee, I guess. It would be his knee. Yeah, the back of his knee. Yeah. So he does the warm hands on his knee. You know, we cut, so we don't... But we know it's happening. They cut, 
and now they're giving the trophy to Johnny, but then Allie runs out. I wish I'd known Mr. Miyagi before I had my ACL repaired. Yeah, I could have avoided surgeries. Just right there. Yeah. Done. And so, yes, uh, Allie comes running out. Daniel's going to fight. Daniel LaRusso's going to fight. And then the crowd just starts to go berserk because yeah. we got ourselves a fight. Yeah. And it's a good one. Yeah. You know, Daniel comes out. He's hobbled. But he's, he's moving, and they have a very good sequence, better than I remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, by now, they've probably practiced a lot together, especially choreographed sequences together. Sure. They look really good. Johnny's looking like, you know, a pretty good martial artist. I definitely want to agree with you on that. It is a pretty good fight sequence. I, I remember I saw a movie called Warrior that was based on mixed martial arts. Oh, I saw it. You it's saw that with yeah. Dan Hardy? Joel, Joel Edgerton and Joel Edgerton and, yeah. and uh, Nick Nolte was nominated for an Oscar. Okay. But I liked it. I've already been a fan of mixed martial arts for so many years. So when I saw that movie, I just some things just really struck me as fake. I I cried at the end of that movie, though. I'm sorry. Okay, so when I see Karate Kid, though, those movies look pretty real and pretty good. It did. It's different because they don't show a sequence that goes on this long in any of the fights so far. Yeah, this is the longest fight of the whole tournament, and they've they've stretched out for a reason. But yeah, good point. But they they've choreographed this well. And they also give Daniel the lead. I mean, he's up 2-0. Johnny's got to rally back. Mm -hmm. So Kreese instructs him to... Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. He added damage to something that was already damaged. Right. I'm surprised that Johnny wasn't DQ'd as well. He was warned, but I know it's the championship, so... They may score differently in championship. Yeah. DQ, sir. We're not going to do that. So he hurts him at the end of this great battle, and... Daniel is forced to barely put any pressure on that leg, yes. which just happens to tie into the infamous crane kick. Yes. And so we know it's coming. We've seen him practice it. We've seen Mr. Miyagi practice it. But you know who hasn't seen it? Johnny. Johnny hasn't yeah. seen it. Well, also, I don't know, really know if, if a viewer sees this movie for the first time. They saw the montage. They saw the crane. But I don't know if they're going to assume that that move they saw on the wooden post at the beach is going to be the winning move at the end. I want to say that I remember it being it, but I probably didn't either. And I just knew he didn't have much more fight in him. Yeah. So he needed that one superior move. And remember, just like Mr. Miyagi said earlier when they talked about the crane earlier in the movie... If done right, no can defend. That's right. That's right. So it is a superior move. It, it is a game changer. It's a game changer. And that's... And what... highly illegal. <laughs> yeah. Again, if you talk to some experts, supposedly they say you would not want to do that in a tournament. You would not be allowed to do that in a tournament. You kick your opponent in the face. Yes. So this whole sequence to me, when he comes back from the Miyagi magical hands healing, it's very Rocky-esque. Yeah. Which really feeds into the director, John Avildsen's, you know, background. But unlike Rocky, Rocky doesn't win in the first Rocky. He loses to Apollo Creed, but he gets respect. I forgot that he doesn't he win. He wins in the second one. Wait, Rocky doesn't win in the first movie? No, he loses. Really? Wow. He loses to Apollo Creed, but the whole thing is he's a, a bum from Philadelphia off the street, and he took the champ to the distance, so okay. he was a winner. Yeah. And his life changed, but then he got the rematch. Okay. And so he won. But you just knew something was brewing beneath the surface. The music was different. The score was swelling. And when he hung in there that long, you just thought, the longer Daniel stays in this thing, he's got a chance. Yeah. And then the infamous scene. 
Of which, I'm so glad you sent me the uh, photo from Floyd's in Encino. Yeah, if you're ever mural. around in the city of Encino on Ventura Boulevard, in Encino, it would be just east of White Oak. There's a Floyd's Barbershop, and I believe that this mural was on the building prior to Floyd's taking over the, the lease. And it's across from a, something called Super Sal's Market. It's an Israeli market. Is it yours? <laughs> it should be. So right there on the side of Floyd's is a wonderful, I call it a mural, but it's a painting. It's beautiful. And it's a beautiful painting of that scene. The scene right before. He's right, in the crane. Well, he's in the crane position. He's in the crane. Yeah, and the ref is there with his hand out there, and it is that pivotal moment as Daniel goes into the crane, and then the referee is right there ready to call the action. So that mural, if you're ever in Encino, is there on the side of a building. looks fantastic. No, it's amazing. I even heard that it was there before the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's how iconic <laughs> that image is. I said, we've got to build a movie around this mural. <laughs> so, no, it's uh, sorry. I studied that's the crane. The I, I tried to bring up the image that you sent me. I was trying to grab it real fast. No, it's amazing. But what I, what I wanted to see, because I actually watched over and over the crane itself, is what leg you're standing on and what leg you land on. Now, the way that Mr. Miyagi does the crane is he stands on one leg and then hops and then kicks with that leg and then lands on the other leg. A little more simple. Well, Daniel does the crane. If you look at the way Mr. Miyagi did the crane at the beach, you look at the way even Daniel did the crane at the beach versus the way he does it in the tournament, you have to add in the hurt leg. So it adds a third step. Yeah. It's not just jumping from one leg to it, the other. It's clunkier. Yeah. But he wound up kicking him with the healthy leg. With the, with the good leg. Lands on the bad leg, which, you know, and Daniel also could have just fallen down there. Yeah. But, but, but he didn't because he, he scored the point. He landed and quickly switched to the healthy leg. Yes. Yeah, you never could pull it off on the pole on the ocean. <laughs> no. <laughs> he would land on said pole. He would have fallen to the side. Yeah, but I just noticed that because obviously that image is so iconic of him in the crane position. And as a fan of mixed martial arts, and I've seen so many kicks o over the years, I was like, well, wait a second. Okay, so you're standing on this leg, you, you kick with that leg, then you jump to the other leg. But then now you have the added hurt legs, so you got to jump back onto the good leg. So yeah, he has to do a more complex crane than uh, if he didn't have a hurt leg. Good point. And I would also venture to say that the crane maybe at one point in time was indefensible. Post-Karate Kid... There's I can defense. Now. There's super defense on crane. Don't walk into the crane. Yeah. You know, make them come to you. Yeah. So takedown, music swells, Ali rushes on, Daniel's the winner. And I like how movies in the 80s just kind of ended. Yeah. A great sequence, by the way, before we forget, Johnny comes over and he's the one that gives Daniel the trophy. Yeah. That was and a great moment. Say? Is it something like you you earn this or you deserve this? Is it something like that? I, I, totally. And I remember seeing that and like having I mean, all the empathy in the world for Johnny. Like, wow, he he understood it. He respects Daniel now. Sure. No more problems. Sure. So Mr. Miyagi's plan worked. All the beef is squashed right now. It's over. The yeah. whole alley bit, all of it. Yeah. You're one of us, but not one of us. And that was a great moment. And then we end on Mr. Miyagi, who didn't bum rush at the stage. No, he he allowed. Daniel and his girlfriend, I guess the mom also, Freddie probably. Freddie, <laughs> who does make an appearance at the tournament, by Freddy the way. Freddie appears at the tournament. I'm your best friend. <laughs> Remember me? Remember me, the guy that left you at the beach? Remember me? So yeah, so Miyagi let him have his time. And that that's something I would do, by the way. I let people have their moment to shine, you know. So 
Let them have their moment. You would just leave. <laughs> I would, honestly, yes. Where, where's Sal? Where's my sensei? <laughs> he's, he's drunk. He's gone. He moved to Northridge. He's wasted. Uh, um, yeah, so he lets them have his moment. Yeah, Johnny runs up, hands on the trophy, all pieces squashed. But that's not the original way that they wanted to end. No, so we end on like... Like in the a, 80s. A close-up single For, shot. Close-up close of like Mr. Miyagi, fly collar, smiling, kind of over the show. Really a cool shot. And it's over. Yeah. We're not talking like a slow push. Yeah. Or, they could have done like a, a pullout yeah, and sure. seen all these people leaving the stadium. But mm-hmm. that's how they ended movies then. Yeah. So I had read the Karate Kid book. And when I say book, back in the 80s when I was a kid, you couldn't get the screenplays as far as I knew. But they would release the book of the movie. Mm-hmm. movie so sometimes book, yeah. if I couldn't go see the movie right away, I would knock out the book. Yeah. And I think I'd already seen Karate Kid, so I was just reading the book because I was so enamored with it. Yeah. And the end of the book has a scene that is past this sequence that is what starts Karate Kid 2. Yeah. And let's talk about that scene, just to kind of end this podcast, because... Karate Kid 2, for the most part, is in Okinawa. It's a whole different story. Yeah. Cobra Kai doesn't really have a presence. Allie's not in it. Allie's not in it. Yeah. So, But we'll talk about this one opening sequence because it's kind of the end of Cobra Kai for a while. Yeah, because the, so the beginning of Karate Kid 2 was supposed to be the ending of the Karate Kid. And they did the right thing. Yes. They ended one at the right yeah. place. But the original intention was there was some sort of thing in the parking lot. So, yeah. So, I, I watched just to get fresh again because I have not seen Karate Kid 2 in, God, maybe since the 80s. But so, it's, you know, filmed years later, a few years later. But we are now leaving the auditorium. Yeah. And we're in the parking lot. And Daniel's hobbled, but he's got his clothes, you know, his normal clothes on, street clothes. Mm-hmm. He's with Mr. Miyagi. He has the trophy. No mother. No Allie. Yeah. So, because Elizabeth Shue is not in the sequel. I wonder why their mother wasn't in the sequel. Yeah, well, she may, I don't know, because I didn't keep watching, but she yeah. wasn't in this particular sequence. Okay. Maybe they didn't have her because where's Allie if you have the mother there? Yeah. But from afar, you see Cincy Crease not happy with any of the Cobra guys. No. And he's really getting vocal with Johnny. Oh, he takes his second place trophy and literally destroys it. Oh. Shreds it, slams it, oh. and then puts a chokehold, Johnny in a chokehold. And that's it. Mr. Miyagi sees it. Well, at this it. point, it's child abuse at this moment. It's horrible. And all the other, they're trying to come in. Some, some of the Cobra Kais are trying to step in and break it up. And he's like, you know, he's tough enough to knock them uh, back. So Miyagi has to intervene. And he comes over and asks him to release him. And he doesn't. So then he... Grabs, I think, creases one of his arms, puts it behind his back, and Crease tries to punch at Mr. Miyagi. Miyagi moves, and he crushes a car window. Wow. Crease, so he pulls his right hand, one of his hands up, blood everywhere, circles back, tries to punch Mr. Miyagi again. Again, Miyagi moves, another car window shatters. Wow. So Crease has two super bloody knuckles. Yeah. Johnny's safe, and. I guess Mr. Miyagi drops him to his knee and has his hand ready for like a kill shot. Could sure. easily take him out, you know, shot to the nose, anywhere vital. He'll treat him like those bottles. Totally. Those unbelievable bottles. And he acts like he's going to take him out. There's a shot of Daniel like on looking, thinking, what is Miyagi doing? Is he yeah. really going to kill this guy? Sure. And he stops right at the very, 
you know, at the bridge of his nose and honks, like, <laughs> pinches his nose. It's kind of, it's a bit much. Well, it's humiliating. It's humiliating. But Chris is like near passing out for some reason, falls down face down. And all the other Cobra Kai students are just kind of like, wow, what this happened? Oh, and they're like, were they going to drop their black belts at him? Did they do that? Well, that's what I read. I read that they were going to have it so that they just drop, they dump their black belts, you know, at his limp body. Yep. Chris goes down so easy. Yeah, I know that he's got two busted hands. I get that. But he was more humiliated. But then for the after the honk on the nose, he just fall. A tough guy like that wouldn't have went down like that. I could see him being bested and saying, fine, you got me. But he yeah. just falls down like he passed out. Yeah. So the Cobra guys have now, as far as I know, that's the end of Cobra Kai's in the second Karate Kid. Yeah. Now, the third one, I know they make a comeback, but that's we'll save that for a rainy day. Yeah. But this is the end of like the crease Cobra Kai Johnny, yeah. which is why it's a great lead into the show. So you're saying that a, a viewer can go straight from Karate Kid into Cobra Kai, bypassing Karate Kid 2 and 3 if they want to. Yes. Well, it, it's kind of like, you know, when I've asked people who are diehard Star Wars fans. Yes. Okay, let's say I've never seen Star Wars, let's say. I've never seen any of the movies. Mm-hmm. Where should I start? The first Star Wars. Which is episode four. Somehow, the first release. somewhere along the way, it became A New Hope. But it was always Star Wars. Okay, you're talking about the first theatrical release. Yeah, the 70s. Yeah, yes. And then I would watch Empire. Yes. And I would go ahead and watch Return of the Jedi. Too bad the Ewoks are there. And then I would skip ahead to the newest ones, the J.J. Abrams ones. Skipping Clone Wars. All that stuff. Okay, so there you go. So it's it's not di- that much different here. So no, you're skipping two. Now two, I'm not even throwing under the bus because yeah. two is actually a pretty good story. They go to Okinawa, and yeah. a, but it's a, just a different story. He has a different love interest. A different love interest. Miyagi has a love interest. So oh. it, it's actually worth seeing. But for the sake of Cobra Kai, yeah. let's talk Cobra Kai. Yeah, you can stay in the lane and mm. watch this one. There might be a point we want to for special episodes explore two and three because three there is Cobra Kai presence. Okay, and there's even the one with Hillary. Swank, yeah, which I never a, saw. There was also an animated show for a while, a Karate Kid animated show in the 80s, I think the late 80s. Was it Miyagi and LaRusso? Daniel? I think so, yeah. Let's just back up a little bit. The Karate Kid name was borrowed from DC Comics. There was a DC comic character named the Karate Kid. You see at the end of the Karate Kid movie, they thank DC Comics. So the makers of the Karate Kid motion picture approached DC Comics and asked, can can we use this name, Karate Kid, for our motion picture? And I guess, I don't and know they if they said paid. no. No, no. And they, they said, well, they, they threatened them with sweeping the leg. Uh, they said, Clint's already pulled all the Coca-Cola. <laughs> what, what else is happening? So they said, yes. Yeah. So at the end of the movie, they do thank DC Comics for the use of the name, the Karate Kid. I did not know that. Yeah. More trivia. Yeah, it is good trivia. So that concludes Cobra Kai, how it came into being, and really creases Cobra Kai yep. and Johnny. We will pick up Let's Talk Cobra Kai with season one, episode one on our next episode. Oh, great. I'm really looking forward to that because I have not seen Cobra Kai yet. Am I allowed to say that? Or am you I? Are. Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen Cobra Kai yet. So this is going to be new to me. I've really enjoyed The Karate Kid. I'm looking forward to getting into Cobra Kai. I'm actually pretty excited about it. Me too. And episodes will be much shorter. This is this movie, which they don't make movies like this anymore, 
almost a two-hour runtime for a feel-good movie. Yeah. Heartwarming movie. You wouldn't yeah. see that. A movie like this, you would think at about an hour and a half, hour 40. Yeah, that's how they do it now. Yeah. So our episodes, 22 minutes, our episodes will be shorter and uh, jam-packed. Because yeah. Cobra Kai, is, it's really well done. You're going to like it. Well, also, it's it's a different era now. If, if you go back to the Karate Kid, there's no cell phones, there's no internet. There's not? Cobra Kai, no, I, I guess, has to have cell phones and internet. It's present day, right? You're, you're touching on some good points that we'll be talking about. Yes. Well, that's one of the things I would ask filmmakers when we were at the festival, is I would ask them, I would say, I notice that the movie's in present day, yet you don't have any cell phones. And they would make these decisions. They were intentional to remove cell phone, to remove internet from a movie, even though it's present day, because it changes the dynamic. Oh, yeah. You know, you can hop on your phone, dial 911, whatever. Well, right. that changes everything. So I will say this, I will give you, since I have seen Cobra Kai season one, season two, and I enjoyed it so much is what led me to want to create this podcast. So yeah. I, I can't wait to revisit it and have notes and we'll be ready to roll. But I will tell you this, Johnny Lawrence is a little bit of a Billy Madison type. If you remember Billy Madison, when he goes back to school, yeah. he's still stuck in a different era. Yeah. Johnny Lawrence is a little bit of that. He's still stuck in the 80s? And you'll see that, and then you get to know a side of Johnny you never got to see in the movie. That'll be nice. And then it's cut with where Daniel's in life. You know what? They've done some good things, and I'm excited to explore it together. I'm excited to explore Cobra Kai as well, and I thank you for inviting me on this journey with you. My pleasure. All right, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.